The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Welcome back to the final episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is episode number 25. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish, from the podcast Under the Stairs. For the final time on this show, I'm joined by my co-host with the most, Mr Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. Andy, this is going to be emotional. It is, man. I'm, uh, I should have saved that bit of music from last week for this week, really. <laughs> Sad times. <laughs> we spent yeah. all our we spent all our production money on, on the wrong episode. Yeah, we can only do that once. We had to pay so much royalties to Simon Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it twice. <laughs> oh anyway. my god. Yeah, but it should be a good episode tonight. I think uh luckily uh kind listeners have almost structured the show for us because basically all this stuff that we kind of plan to talk about has like the questions that we've been asked almost perfectly give us the setup there to talk about the stuff we wanted to talk about. So it's worked out really well with the questions. It has, it has indeed. Uh, we are, we are going to power through this episode by doing, like I say, listener questions. And there was quite a lot of them coming, actually more than I was expecting, about 20 odd came in. Yeah, so, so we will have to power through them. Um, we're going to look back um, over some some of the highlights and uh, lowlights of the show um, in terms of the movies we've covered. We're going to do some further analysis on the grades. I went back through the shows last night, all 24, obviously not listening to all 24, but skimmed through them to the grades and have taken a, a comprehensive note of who graded what, where. Okay. See, I always wondered if one of us was... I obviously knew I wasn't, but I always wondered if you were making a list of the way we'd graded it. I thought, I hope Duncan is, because I'm not. And one I, of us is going to yeah, go back through. I said to my wife last night when she's like that, she like, turned around about 11 o'clock last night, and she said, why, why are you still up? And I was like, because I'm doing something that I said at the start of the show I was going to fucking do. And this is why I was going to do it, because I didn't want to be spending the night before 
they were last recording having to scour through all the episodes to pick up the grades. Yeah, I mean, so. it's my fault. I didn't think to do it either, to be fair. <laughs> so that, but the grading's quite interesting. Okay. Um, and I, I think it it tells a, a, a very interesting story of where me and you... Because we're a similar age. Uh, where yeah. me and you fall on on levels of censorship what movies have, what kind of themes and the nasties have more of an impact with us. And generally, on both lists, who was harsher with the movies and who was more lenient? Okay. Um, so so we will get into that later on. However, Andy, the, we have a lot of things to cover in this show. We have a, a hell of a lot of people to thank. The end of this episode is basically going to be like a, a massive list of people yeah. that I want to thank. But what I want to say right at the very start here is a very special thanks to Jason Lloyd of Horrorphilia Podcast Network who yeah. has put out all 25 episodes of Doing the Nasty based on a message I sent him late December saying, listen, I've got an idea for a show. Me and another podcast friend, we're going to do a show on this thing called The Video Nasties. You may never have heard of them before, but it's going to run for... 20-odd shows, it'll last a year, can we have a home on your network? And he did that, he put us on the website, he has tirelessly promoted this show, and we have done surprisingly well on the Horophilia Network, so it's, as much as we enjoy doing it, there would be no forum for this show to go out if it wasn't for Jason, so thank you very much, sir. Yeah, thanks, man. Absolutely, that's uh, it's been great. I think he kind of came straight back, didn't he, and said, "Yeah, that's a great idea." Because I think it is one of them things that obviously we've since found out that there have been other podcasts about the video nasties, but you know, not many. And it is a subject that's uh, that's pretty untouched, I think, with in the podcast realm. So uh, yeah, especially with um, with like the or obviously Horophilia is an American podcast network, and there's not many Mer- American shows would even think about doing. Yeah. stuff in the video nasties because it just wasn't a thing over here. Their equivalent yeah, was things yeah. like Satanic Panic or the the kind of Pipper Gore um, okay. right to censor sort of thing that, that kind of sprung up in the 80s, 90s on, on metal music and, and horror movies and um, but it never, it never went to the level of the nasties. So I think it has been interesting from my point of view. We said this before, Andy. It was it's always been on the bucket list of things to do. I think if you're a horror fan in the UK, it's a prerequisite that at one point in your life you're gonna try and sit down and you're gonna try and watch all seventy two video nasties. Um, and on paper, it seemed like quite a long journey. And we've proved like this year it's flown in. It's proved that it's not been long at all. But yeah. I had not expected how difficult at times it was gonna be to to muster up the will to finish some of these movies just because okay. they're so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tracking them down as well. Some of them. Was oh god, some bad. of them are near impossible. Some of them have never been released in this country since they were banned, and yeah. it doesn't look like at this stage it doesn't look like there's any any chance that some of these titles will ever ever be released. I was thinking about some of them um, yesterday when I was going back through remembering some of the. The iconic, <laughs> the iconic things that we have said about uh, this is hilarious. Um, we have said on more than one occasion during the shows, this is the worst movie we've watched <laughs> on this list, and I don't think anything is going to be, you know, more worse or you know, or 
you know, more terrible than what we've just watched. And Lame time and time home. again, this list has proved us wrong, Andy. I know, mental, just keep coming out. Oh, it's another one that's fucking terrible. I mean, that's the biggest thing we've learned about this, isn't it? Is that like most of these movies, at least 80% should never have even been on there. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, I've gone through kind of a lot of the ones I can remember, and there is quite a few in there. I literally don't, can't remember anything about them, and they're obviously just the fucking terrible ones that I'll never watch again. Did you find that with some of them that were actually racking your brain to go, I don't even remember what that one was about? Yeah, I, I, it's surpri- <laughs> surprising how quickly my brain has has kind of blocked out the trauma. <laughs> Especially some of the ones that are very similar, like a lot of the cannibal movies have blended into one, a lot of the women in prison movies have all blended into one. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's just that it was obviously there was a... And, and I, I, when you think about it, that still happens. I mean, the the big thing of the last year and a bit has been possession movies and yeah. supernatural movies and you get a ton of these movies all come out in a close kind of proximity to each other and I mean it, it, it's never changed whatever whenever someone releases something that causes upcry shock or your know, universal acclaim the studios will rush to finance movies that can capitalise on that message as quick as possible. And the decades of the 70s and the 80s were no different. No. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that there's so many movies on this list, um, or lists, that were so similar in tone. Because when you... There's certain keywords. If you hear a, a, like a power tool being mentioned in a title, it's going to go on the list. If you hear... <laughs> if you hear um, cannibal in the title it's going to go on the list and if you hear anything about prison or Nazis or anything like that it's yeah. going on the list without even and we, we have covered this in great detail infamously the, the people that were involved in doing this had not watched the movies did not watch the movies the, well, I've got an interesting bit of trivia as to how they decided to, to bring the whole thing of censorship about mm-hmm. Um it's quite clever what they did. It was just complete like mental manipulation of people. They basically um, decided to show people, a group of people, whoever these people may be, you know, the, people, the decision makers, got them in a room and showed them the absolute worst clips from the Video Nasties films, like, you know, all the terrible shit that we've talked about. And then what they cleverly did <coughs> was show them the uncut versions of the same clips. So as horrendous as these original versions were, they were cut and then they went on to then go, right, you think that was bad? Let's show you the uncut version. And then they showed them even worse stuff. So if it was a guy getting his chop cocked off, uh, chop, co- chop cocked off, <laughs> chopped off, you'd see, you know, the knife going down and then the missing penis. And then in the second shot, they'd actually show you the cock being chopped off, a bit like in kind of a Holocaust or. Uh, there's another one that I can't think of that didn't actually make the list, but the, uh, Savage Man, Savage Beast. Rings a bell. Oh yeah, uh, so, Beast, Beast and Heat was it? Beast and Heat? No, no. This this one didn't actually make the list. Oh right, the film and um, it shows a man getting his cock chopped off. So they cleverly kind of showed these clips and then said, "Well, if you think that's bad, look at this. This is what the uncut." And that basically horrified people to the point where they went, "Yeah, we've got to have censorship then because they were pretty bad before, and now you've shown us the uncut version." So it's completely manipulating people. And I think um, Alan Clark, who's one of the guys that talks a lot on the documentary, he said he even fell for it. Yeah. You know, he even thought, shit, they've, they've actually, they've kind of done it there. They've made a really good point, you know. And so, and then censorship was born and they said, look, we've got to cut films. And a lot of these films, you know, they're cut just for the sake of saying that they've cut them. 
you know, they just have to chop certain bits out just to make it almost it's just showing that you've made an effort, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like police presence at like a festival where they're where they're pretending that they're taking everyone's drugs off of them. It's like, well they're not. They've just got to be seen by the community to be doing that. You know, you've got to show a police That's presence. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's quite a lot of other good um, trivia that I got from the, the second documentary. Um, just more hilarious. I mean, not not hilarious. I mean, it's, you know, there's stuff like the Hungerford Massacre where 18 people were shot and killed by a guy that had gone crazy. But what's ridiculous is that they basically blamed Rambo because he had a headband on. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, that's insane. So the guy that goes around shooting 18 people because he happened to have tied a headband around his head, oh, he, he must, it must be Rambo's fault that he's gone and done that. This yeah. is insane. I mean, and also uh, what kind of found out that apparently the reason that they had such a problem with home video compared to cinema was they were saying if you watch something at the cinema, you watch it, the scene goes by and it's moved on to the next scene and you have to carry on watching the film. And they're saying the problem is with home video is that you can keep re-watching the most terrible scenes over and over and over again. Yeah. But then another guy put together a really good argument saying, but the problem is if you watch a gore scene over and over and over again, you all of a, you see how bad how they've done it and you yeah. see how the effects are and it completely loses all power. So that argument goes out the fucking window straight away. Um, they talk about how blasphemy used to be illegal. <laughs> I'd you know, be, I'd be, I'd be long locked up. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fucked. Um, yeah, so you got that. Um, obviously, porn used to be illegal as well at some point. Um, and then it shows you this really interesting article. I don't know if you saw the article in the Sun recently, basically saying that apparently one in five Muslims is sympathetic towards. Yes, life. I did, and I, I, I saw how. It's like a different time now, Andy. Like, see when someone posts that, it instantly goes viral, you know, where people can make them fact check. And I think about when people posted things like that before, you would have intellectuals that would say something, but the damage is already done. And it, that hasn't changed at all. The damage is still... You, your, your casual reader of a paper like The Sun will read that and that sticks with them. They'll not hear the counter-argument and they certainly won't read the apology. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? And, you know, it, it's so... I mean, it's anti-Muslim propaganda and it's got to be borderline illegal mm -hmm. uh, from a journalism point of view. I literally don't know how they're getting away with it. Um, but, you know, it's weird because I think what they actually meant was... Because I've got sympathy for people that have been brainwashed into going out to Syria thinking they're fighting a good cause and when they get there, it turns out it's not. It's horrendous and, like, the women are just going to get raped. You know, the men are going to get treated like shit and... Uh, yeah, if, if you say if you've got sympathy for people that have been brainwashed by like online groomers, which is basically how people get you know convinced to go and fight in Syria, I think yeah, fucking hell, like what is wrong? You know, what's wrong with them for a start? What mm -hmm. kind of situation are they in where they think that that is a better life? So they really manipulate the way they're asking because nobody's got sympathy for someone that's chopping people's heads off and that wants Sharia law and think women should be stoned. You know, no one's fucking sympathising with that. But the sun that would lead you to believe just by sheer manipulation and bullshit, basically lying. You know, that the people are apparently one in five Muslims think that ISIS are, are good and what they're doing is good, and that's just complete bollocks. I mean, mm -hmm. like you say, it doesn't matter that they've been proved wrong, and it doesn't matter that they've issued an apology, because most people that read the Sun, I don't think they're that bright to begin with, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and the Daily Mail, 
you know, them kind of hate rags, you know, yeah. all they're going to read is that line. So the point I was actually um, making was The Sun, uh, 20 years ago, no, probably longer now, 30 years ago, they had a front page spread telling people to burn their videos, mm -hmm. literally calling for the nation to have like bonfires in the back gardens and burn their films. And it's like, fucking hell, like, they're still at it, The Sun. Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with them? As I can't believe they're even still going. Well, I can. I mean, you know, you can't get rid of The Sun. It's Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. It pushes, it pushes a particular message which he believes in. It's, there's no... You know, when you see his involvement with, with channels like Fox and you see that basically Fox, especially something like Fox News, is the televised version of, of the, the Sun. Yeah, yeah, or the Sun, yeah. Basically, that's, that's what it is. And... It's very little fact check. It's all sensationalised, fear mongering, and it always has been. And it 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 serves a purpose. It 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 serves a purpose to stoke. Like the enemy will always like for the sun. The enemy will always change. Mm. It'll never, you know. It'll just move on as soon as people wisen up to whatever they're pushing. They just move on to the next. They and, contradict each other. Like yeah. the sun will contradict itself in the same day's news. Yeah, oh, there's. This is the thing. Like, and I mean, we had a lot of it during the the independence referendum. Yeah. Um, oh God, I can imagine the yeah. propaganda that was flying around. Well, in Scotland, in Scotland, the Sun backed Scottish independence and it backed the SNP. Right. But in England, it backed um, the pro-union stance. <laughs> And was anti SNP. It's, oh, it's the same fucking. It's the same newspaper. Newspaper. It's the same newspaper. Where they were putting like up here. There was a uh, those pro independence pages that were putting up side by side comparisons of the front page to the Scottish Sun and the Sun, and they were telling a completely different story. Oh, it's the same. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. But this is this is what they do. They they, they pander to a, a particular market wherever they are, giving uh, terrible journalism to to a select few people that will read and believe what they read, and that's and I mean the Sun was one of the one of the key players in the nasty movement. Uh, that the that in the Daily Mail two papers yeah. which were owned by right wing media, which still you know. Are. I yeah, mean, still I, are. I, I can't believe it's going. I mean, where the Daily Mail is almost like an institution in Britain, and I, I mean, it does tend to be the older generation that read it, and and it's you know they don't. It's weird because it's not that the stuff that's printed in the Daily Mail is a lie. It's just the angle that's the spin that's put on all the newspapers. Like, if a nanny who's looking after a child assaults that child, if that nanny was Polish, you'd. You fucking, you know that the headline is going to be Polish nanny assaults child. Now the yeah. fact, the, the fact that that person's Polish is absolutely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's the fact they've assaulted a kid that's the problem. Yeah. If someone commits a crime and they were Muslim, it's Muslim beats up so and so, and it's like, yeah. what the fuck has his religion got to do with the fact that he's beat somebody up? It's like fuck off. And people don't realise they're being manipulated. That's what the clever thing is with the, like the Sun and the Daily Mail. The new, the news a lot of the time is accurate. It's just put a fucking hatred in the spin of it to like emphasize that it's a minority group and it's insane like 30 years ago they were doing it and they're still doing it now yeah. it's fucking unreal and, and it'll continue i'll continue on um yeah i think i think it's, it's it's been really interesting looking at the movies and looking at the stories around it and the key players some of which today are still around like we we're saying the sun's still around uh, Graham Bright's a, a lord. 
sits in the House of Lords. We pay him. Taxpayers pay him money. Yeah. Pay him to sit unelected in a giant fucking house and, and have a say. He's a yeah. fucking buffoon. He's an, the man is an idiot, but he has a say over legislation in the in, in the United Kingdom, which blows my fucking mind. Yeah. And um, yeah, as, as, as like no one was really held accountable for the lies that were perpetuated about about the nasties at all. Um, and all we have now are the great documentaries. Um, to do with the nasties, the books that are out there, podcasters, historians, film critics that, you know, have been since then and still are now highlighting that, you know, these things can happen again. This mm. could happen again. The, like, um, in the UK especially, whenever any, and it's in the same in the US, whenever anything happens, which is, is seen as... Um, a terrorist act or an atrocity the amount of legislation which is dumped on the back of that yeah. to control, manipulate and monitor um, is, I feel like we're doing some sort of conspiracy theory podcast, it's amazing right now, <laughs> uh, I feel like I should like spark up some Jesse the Body Ventura um, Oh he's fucking great man, I he's, he's amazing you're like, they, they put flammable paint in the building <laughs> I like. Have you ever seen him? Where he like, I think there's one point he nearly literally gets kicked off Fox News because he just will not let it go about yeah. this nine eleven thing. And like, yeah. he's amazing. He like, we need people like him. You know, to, to, you need people regardless if the message is is not correct. You need people that to make people stop and think. Yeah, and that's that's it, the important thing is stop his, and think. His massive like his main bone of contention with nine eleven is not the fact that it was a conspiracy. It's the fact that no one's allowed to question the fact yeah. that it was a conspiracy. Nobody's allowed to ask the question. Yeah, that's what that's the problem all over the, the whole fucking society in the UK, in America, all over the fucking world. No one's allowed to question stuff. Yeah, everyone's just allowed to be quiet. Just be quiet. Just shut up. So well, now I'm not going to shut up. I want to question why a movie's being banned. You know, why are we fucking, like, just blanket carpet-bombing countries because mm -hmm. of a terrorist attack? You know, people aren't allowed to ask questions anymore. And, yeah, I think it, it like you say, it's, it's fucking... I don't think it is any better than it was 30 years ago, no, to be honest. No, I think, I think we I think we have more outlets now than we did then. I think... Internet, think that, for me, that's the best thing about the internet, is yeah. the fact that it's exposed so much of this shit. Without yeah. the internet, we'd be so in the dark about all this corruption. I think it's literally the best thing to come out of the internet. Yeah, I, th I think so as well. I think <laughs> so as, yeah, apart from... Yeah, porn's the best thing that's come out of the internet. Second best thing is uh, opening everybody's eyes. <laughs> to more porn. Yes. Um, yeah, porn is easily the best thing uh, uh, ever. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, right. So... Um, that was that was a huge introduction. Generally, I would ask you what you've been watching, what you've been up to, but I'm yeah, going to come. I'm going to come back to something similar later on where we're we're, we're going to talk about other movies out with the nasties um, in a later part. Uh, what I think we do first, though, sir, is I think we take a very short break, and when we come back, I think we do some listener questions. Yeah. Uh, so myself and Andy are taking um, one of our final breaks on this show. Oh. <laughs> you're gonna hear. Yeah, go. <laughs> you're gonna hear uh, some some promos for shows on the Horrorphilia podcast network. When we return, we're gonna be doing a little Q and A with you guys, the listeners, right after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture? 
without ever having to use obscenities. Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. And welcome back. Andy, are you ready to to answer your listeners? Sure am, yeah, let's do this. (laughs) Right, so we got loads of questions, so much so that I actually sent you the list last night because I was like, some of these we need to think about. We can't just off-the-cuff answer. We need to actually put a bit of thought into this. So I suggest that we probably just go through them in order that came in, and it should be no surprise that a long-time friend and listener of both this show and both our own shows, our separate shows, Jamie Wilson launched uh, the first question. He drew first blood, and he said, apart from the video nasties, is there any specific or more horrific avenues to go down film-wise. Do you want to take this in turns then? Shall I answer this one first? Yep, go for it. Um, I'd really like to champion foreign horror films. Um, so I think a lot of people, and I know people in podcasts do touch on uh, foreign horror, but not a lot. I think not, not as anywhere near as much as it should be. Um, I think some of the most realistically gory and realistically horrific films of the last 10 years have been foreign. Yeah. Um, stuff that springs to mind immediately, like the new wave French horror. Um, mm-hmm. but I know you've talked about a lot in your podcast. Um, a lot of the stuff that Mike does. And I think people are put off by um, subtitled films, and I do understand why, because sometimes you just want to relax and watch a film, and it does take a lot of concentration to kind of keep flicking your eyes to the words, to the you know, to to watch the film and read what's going on at the same time, especially if it's dialogue heavy. Um, but yeah, foreign movies, I don't think they're talked about enough in podcasts and I don't think people appreciate just what fucking incredible foreign new, you know, foreign films there are out there. I totally agree. I think um, I, I think it has a certain resonance as well to, to, to a Westerner to watch Asian horror movies, whether it's Korean, uh, Vietnamese, Japanese, Chinese, you know, these movies as well because they have a different mythology a different idea of what is scary and some of what they put on the screen because we're not accustomed to it. It comes out of such a left field that it's, you know, some of the most iconic, horrific scenes I've ever seen in movies are from the Asian horror market. Oh, God, yeah, brilliant. They just And it just taps a nerve which unsettles me uh, just because we've not grown up with that. We've grown up with westernised ghost stories. We've grown up with slasher movies. Mm. And when you see the spin that they put on supernatural movies, it's terrifying. When you see the spin that they put on... Like, if you if you look at some of the Korean revenge movies, oh, yeah. um, which are fucking brilliant, that, that subgenre is incredible. And the reason it's incredible is it, it almost forces you to insert yourself into a scenario of... If this happened to your wife or your child or whatever, how far would you go for revenge? Yeah. Um, and I find myself at times not necessarily disagreeing with what a lot happens in those movies. Mm-hmm. I kind of think to myself, yeah, if you if you killed and raped my daughter, then yeah, I would probably hunt you down and attach electrodes to your nutsack as well. So Pretty fuck right, you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think in terms of films that you could go down if you if you're interested in being picked I mean it should be no surprise to anyone that I would say easily easily 75% of the movies on the video nasties list 
are not from Great Britain. Most of them were European. Most yeah. of them, most of them were European. So, and most of them came from Italy, which at the time was having a renaissance in films. They were doing a huge amount of exploitation movies or cannibal movies. So it doesn't surprise me that a lot of it came from that market. And it's a testament, yeah. That that's if you want if you want to continue it, Europe are still putting out European countries, especially are still putting out pockets of horror whether it's the Spanish with with Wreck or the Orphanage or whether it's France like Andy was saying with things like Martyrs or Frontiers you know these countries are still putting out movies Mm. every now and again every decade or so you'll get a pocket of movies from them which are just incredible and kind of reinvent the wheel again and kind of force you to to see something which is just on a different level than anything else you're seeing so yeah 100% agree with you totally cool Right, uh, question number two uh, was from Andy Clark. I'll take the lead on this one. He simply asks, was it worth it? Um, I, I believe he means, was the show worth it? Yes. Uh, there's a couple of reasons, and I don't want to go completely sentimental and completely sappy. Um, the, the chance to sit down every two weeks with Andy and discuss movies, regardless how ridiculous the content has been... Has been pretty fucking awesome. Um, me and Andy had chatted... A bit online together before the show, and we'd podcast uh, maybe once together. I want to say, um, yeah, once twice, yeah, yeah, not not a lot, but we were I, very vocal on on Facebook with each other. In fact, so much so, you joined Facebook in order to kind of follow my podcast page, which was yeah, I did yeah. yeah, yeah, which was really which was really cool. And we we chatted a lot back and forth then to get to know you and your lovely wife um, since since starting this show and like I say getting the opportunity to to sit and chat first and foremost has been a blast to go through the video nasty list has been a chore I'm not going to lie I, I there's a reason that many times I have said and Andy has said the words just skip this movie um, <laughs> because some of them are absolutely horrendous like horrendous movies just like on every level of failure Um that I wouldn't advocate doing it um, unless you were doing it for some sort of creative outlet like a podcast or a book or a, a blog or a journal or something, then yeah. If it's to do it for recreational fun, this is not the list of movies to do it. Um, and it works on two two levels. The movies can either be incredibly inept or they can be incredibly uncomfortable to watch as well. So... Answer your question. Was it worth it? One hundred percent. Would I do it again? No. <laughs> I have done the list now, and I would say that there's a good fifty percent, maybe slightly more, on this list are movies that will I will never return to and never watch again. What about yourself, Andy? Yeah, it absolutely was worth it, of course. And you tell us, Andy, because uh, you came on this journey with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is the seventy-two films. I'd say they definitely should be on every sort of horror aficionado's bucket list. Um, but I mean, this—I'm the guy that can't even watch a TV series all the way through. So, <laughs> if it wasn't for doing this show with Duncan, I would have never have sat down and watched them all. So I'm thankful for that. I mean, and like Duncan says, you know, even if the films are shit, it's still fucking great having a two-hour chat with Duncan because he's an awesome podcaster and very—you know—even if the films are shit, Duncan can find something good in them. It almost kind of warms you to it. You, is that convincing when he's talking about like passionately about a film? I go, oh, actually, maybe I maybe I didn't watch it properly. 
there's funny because I was I was listening back to certain bits and um, one of my favourite one of my my, my favourite conversations that's come out of doing this show uh, was on um, uh, Bay of Blood. Oh yeah. And um, I I go off about my love of Bava big time and I I like so impassioned about it and you just you didn't like you didn't like it and I got to the end of talking about it and you're like that. Maybe I should watch this movie again, and I'm like, maybe you should buy the Blu-ray, Andy. And you're like, oh no, 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 like that. Listen, your opinion won't change when you watch it a second time through. It won't. I, I, I know you well enough now. I can say that even more confidently now that the issues you have with that film are still there. And you're um, right. I probably wouldn't like Bay of Blood, but I'm still thinking, oh, maybe Duncan's put that actually a good case for. Me. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do need to watch it again, Steve. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been an absolute fucking blast, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, it really has. That's the thing I would take away most from this is hopefully the fun that we've had recording these shows has come through in the podcast. Like generally, some some of the funniest things I've heard on podcast have been said on this show when Andy starts describing what people actually look like um, <laughs> and, and comparing them to 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 people in real life, which has been a uh, which has been pretty awesome. <laughs> so, I've got a good one coming up in a bit, actually, when we talk about grey and bright. <laughs> so let's let's jump on to our next question. Uh, this one is going to be led by you, sir. It's from Cameron Sullivan, who says, what movies are so bad that it was worth tracking them down just to laugh about them after the fact, and which ones were unrewarding chores because they were banned for no good reason? All right, for me, Blood Feast. Yes, top of the list. Is top of the list. Like, I'm, Arrow have got to release this at some point just so I can watch it again. Um, there's got to be, it's the special features I'm interested in, all the commentary. Yeah, I they are. Been... I, did, I did tell you that. that did they, you? Yeah, did I not tell you that, like, um, about four months ago, you know how they put postcards in the oh, movies? Yeah. There was a Blood Feast postcard, so there will be a Blood Feast Blu ray hopefully sometime this year. I think I've got a Blood Feast postcard. I just didn't twig. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the Blood Feast postcard, that means that Blood Feast will be released by Arrow. I think I have. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. Yes. So, okay. so you, you will, it will be out on Blu-ray sometime this year. And nothing has made me stop smiling about the thought of that on Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, that, that one of them films, like we very rarely insert clips of the movie into the podcast, um, but that... Blood Feast was just one of the ones where I actually sat and compiled about a minute and a half clip of just the, not just the bad, bad the dialogue was, it was the, the delivery of the dialogue was just some of the worst and most hilarious I've ever heard in a film ever. Um, <laughs> Devil Hunter was fucking bonkers. <laughs> Jess Franco with just, just softcore porn cannibal yeah. weirdness yeah that was was that the was that the one that had the guy dressed in the mask who pink all eyes yeah that. whenever he whenever he was moving it was like something from the six million dollar man it was like um don't go in the woods alone was just <laughs> absurdly shite the, the the shittest costume ever uh, i think I'd, i think i described it at a time as like a patchwork blanket made of shit yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It was. I don't know what it is. Stig of the dump. I think I called him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just for the most, some of the most outrageous dialogue I've ever heard was Flesh with Frankenstein. <laughs> the amount of times I laughed out loud when thingy. Who was? Who is it? Udo. Udo Kier. 
that's it. Delivering some of them lines was just fucking preposterous. <laughs> um, the ones that are a total chore, just sort of, I've, I've sort of went through the list earlier, and ones that come immediately to mind that was just boring as fuck was Blood Rights, which I think is all like the people in the house. Yeah. And they have to like shag each other, and that was in, that was ridiculous. So Cannibal bad. Man. It's just so fucking piss weak. Um, Werewolf and the Yeti was horrendous. Frozen Scream. Oh, Frozen Scream is one of the worst. I I think we've we've watched hands down. Um, Just Missy hugs and kisses. Boring as shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just boring as shit. What was he doing on the list? Have you got anything else to add to them? Um. In terms of enjoyment, like it's so so bad, it's it's good. I would totally agree. Blood feast, blood feast top uh, tops that list for me. It's very loose remake. Mardi Gras Massacre is up there as well. Yeah, and one disco song that goes on for fucking ever all the way through <laughs> that movie is amazing. Um, on, on the other end of that list, yeah, there are there are a ton of movies. Frozen Scream is one of the worst on the list by by a you know a country mile. Um it just it was a terrible fucking movie. It just didn't go anywhere and the acting was awful in it. Like yeah. genuinely some of the worst acting I have ever seen. Insane. Ever. Um, and that's probably I would say it's pro- I, I don't know. I may have said on the show that this is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's up there. In fact it, it turned out that a lot of the ones that are good buddy Jeff the Goat managed to track down for us were all the bad ones. <laughs> Talking of bad acting, just quickly, I had to watch a video at work yesterday on what happened, what we do if terrorists storm the building. Oh God! Did you? Was it? Hopefully, your answer was Die Hard. Clearly, <laughs> huge Die Hard. Right now, it was what what annoyed me was how bad the acting was by the people. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was no worse than Frozen Scream and Blood Feast, sure, but. Yeah, I just thought if you're trying to like scare me into like knowing for remembering what to do if a terrorist storms the building, like it was just shit. The, the, and I don't know where they get these actors from. Like, I'm not sure what level of actor you are when you're that bad because like it, it, it's worse than amateur dramatics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of them, I think a lot of the same sort of people appeared in this video. Nasties. Apparently, you just um, just get out or hide. So, yeah, <laughs> that was useful. That was handy. Yeah, <laughs> things you would never have thought about. I'd like considered playing dead, but then if they haven't come into your particular office yet, yeah, they go hang on a minute, fellas. All we haven't been in here, have we? And all these people pretending to be dead. I don't think you're going to fool them. I think they're going to know where they've been. I-, I would pretend that they were storming Nakatomi Towers, and I was John McLean. Yeah, I would. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would try and grab a machine gun off him, but I think in reality I'd just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, next up, Jeff X. Martin, the GOAT, the man that, that sourced... I think I counted seven movies the man managed to get us for the show, which is incredible, um, and made made the show continue. Um, he says, out of... That's a quite a good one. Out of all the rape scenes you had to endure... Which one made you feel the most horrible and required a shower immediately after viewing just so you could feel human again? Uh, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, There was an ongoing joke on this show that every episode I think we did of the prosecuted list had at least one movie which had rape and there were certain shows that we had where all three movies had rape. Um, so so we, we, we watched a lot of rape. Rape was big back then in movies. Really, um, really, really bad. Um, 
This is a really interesting one. I, I think the obvious answer, the obvious one that springs to mind, um, would be "I Spit in Your Grave." That's the the one that kind of jumps, kind of to to the forefront because that is very uncomfortable to fucking yeah. watch. Um, and the after effects of the rape that continues beyond, even down to the point where she can no longer. She's so sore that she just offers her hand as yeah. a way to get you know that that, that is so disturbing. Um, but there there are additional things to take into account. One of them being the something like Last House on the Left, which the rape itself isn't necessarily well shot, but what builds up to that rape through the humiliation is incredibly uncomfortable. Um, but when when I was thinking about this, where it isn't necessary, it is a rape, but it's a different sort of rape. I would say probably the worst one of all is Cannibal Holocaust and it's the rape with the stone. Oh god, yeah. Which is a ritual. Yeah, which is a, a, absolutely one of the most horrendous things ever committed to film. And I think as well the fact that you when you hear the story behind how that happened, down to the point that no tribeswoman in that tribe would allow that scene to be shot in them that they had to get like a porn actress in. Yeah, just because um, dark dark hair up so she looks foreign. Yeah, because she yeah. was an American actress. Yeah, because they wouldn't they wouldn't let them do it just because they couldn't verbalize to them what they wanted to do. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think even if they had verbalized in in a way of you know to do it, they wouldn't have done it anyway. So yeah, I think out of all the the rape sequences, whilst that's not your conventional rape, I think probably that's the one that that movie just in general makes me well, want to well, show for me, after. Like, one of the worst kind of things that almost behind that scene as well is the fact that he has to do that to her yeah he doesn't want to do it to her because it's his missus he's got a killer and it's just the fact that they probably had to go on quite a long boat ride and the whole time he knows that he's got to do that to her and she knows that he's got to yeah. do that to her and like and that's just really fucking disturbing thought to me that yeah i think so as well what about yourself andy of all uh, the of all the rape sequences we saw which one was the worst the only one that I didn't manage to masturbate to completion over was um, <laughs> I Spit on Your Grave, I think. The guy with the glasses kept putting me off my stride. <laughs> You're like two seconds away from your nut and then the glasses guy That's would come out and you're oh, for fuck's sake. It's Michael again or whatever his name is. <laughs> um, but no, just because uh, it's really uh, sustained and I think... We've we've said this all along with any kind of violence or you know rape or humiliation, it's the reaction or you know the actions of the actor or actresses in the in the scene that sell it. You know, as with anything in any movie, you know it's it's the way the person's acting and it's got to be believable. And even though a lot of the acting's quite crap in that, um, from some of the people, uh, you know, from some of the, the the male roles in that film, I think. She's really fucking believable. Yeah. She, you totally believe that she's being raped. Yeah. And obviously that's, you know, one of the most uncomfortable things you could sit and watch, isn't it? Just sitting watching someone get raped is pretty awful. So, yeah, it's uh, for me, it's I Spit on Your Grave is the kind of one that... I, I think I told you, I'd never sat and watched the rape scene all the way through. That's right, yeah, until we had to do it for the show. Even though I'd seen the film a couple of times. And I think if I watch it again, I'll probably skip it forward. And the same when I watch the remake, because I, I, I do enjoy the remake as well, I won't sit, I won't watch the rape scene in its entirety. It's just I, I don't need to see it. I don't get anything out of it. So, yeah, this is I Spit on Your Grave for me is the one that's... Uh, pretty pretty grotty yeah uh, right next up uh, Karen Sangster says uh, which of the films pleasantly surprised you the most and which was the most disappointing Andy 
Um, I had already seen it, but Dead and Buried. Um, oh yeah, that movie. Was a good one, just because of the sort of production values and how like good a quality of story it is. Because by the time you get round to Dead and Buried, you've watched a hell of a lot of shit, <laughs> haven't you? Really? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, especially coming up on the uh, on the non-prosecuted list. So that was a, a nice surprise. Um, Anthropophagus. <laughs> Anthropophagus. Is that it? Anthrop- yeah, Anthropophagus, the beast. Um, not that I didn't like that movie, I just did not think it lived up to the monumental hype. That was one of the ones that I remember as, as a sort of late teenager. You know, that was the one that people the cover about. the the cover of a, a a feral man chewing on some chewing on some innards. You know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Made Actually, you... what turns out to be a dead fetus is that he's chewing on. And apart from the dead fetus scene, that you know, the the concept of that is pretty horrendous. Yeah. The rest of the film, it's. It's pretty lame. Like it is literally just that one scene. So that was one of the ones where I thought, "Oh God, fucking hell, this this is the film, you know, that everyone talks about." And it, you know, it didn't live up to the hype. Um, and then another one that kind of, not, I'd not say pleasantly surprised because it it was ho- quite horrible. But Late Night Trains. Oh, that is such a good movie. Yeah, uh, yeah that was uh, just how sort of nasty and effective some of the stuff was. Like our girl, and, and she'd rather jump to a certain death from a speeding train. Yeah. Than face her attackers again, yeah. you know she'd literally rather die in a horrendous way, and like yeah, just little bits like that in there that just took me by surprise. I just thought, wow, that's fucking that's pretty heavy stuff to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then the most disappointing, you're going to be livid about this Inferno. I don't know what really. Yeah, really? Just you're just saying it to get a you're just saying it to get a rise at me. There is no hype <laughs> behind Inferno. I told you you'd hate it before you watched it. Yeah, I know, but I just thought it's it's one of them. It's such a famous film, you know. This is like Argento, one of these trilogy movies. It's yeah. you know, oh man, it's going to be he- it's going to be horrendous. This, and then you watch it, and it's just not a lot happening. Um, <laughs> snuff as well. Oh, snuff as like yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I you know foolishly judged it on the name, but I thought, God, if they're literally calling it snuff, this has got to be pretty bad. It's not. It's fucking terrible. They might as well have called it shite. Yeah, and that would have been the least accurate. Uh, <laughs> and then I'd say the Toolbox Murders was disappointing just because of how well it started. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, oh, fuck, this is going to be brilliant. And then, like, after 20 minutes, it just fucking tapers right off. Um, and then pretty much all the Women in Prisons films, but SS Experiment Camp, <laughs> I just thought would be something like Ilsa. I thought it would literally be just, like, horrendous torture and... And it wasn't, and pretty much nearly all of them women in prison films, apart from a few that have got some nasty sort of genital mutilation and torture in there. Yeah, just a bit of a letdown. It's like, oh, fucking hell, I thought that was going to be like, you know, really full on, and, and they're just not that good, are they? Any of them, really? Like, I don't think I've seen the Ilsa films in, in full, I've just sort of seen clips of them and stuff. Ilsa movies, I've, I've seen the first one, and it's, it's good for what it is, but it's just a better produced version of what you've already seen yeah exactly yeah so um so yeah they're kind of the ones that i was uh you know surprised pleasantly surprised and then disappointed by what about you um dead and buried definitely is is near the top of that list that movie floored me and i'd never seen it never heard about it before um and then watched that movie and was just everything about that movie like made me happy (laughs) um one that i actually just bought because it came out in blu-ray nightmares and a damaged brain i really enjoyed i don't necessarily think it's a great movie yeah but the the, conceptually i think that the ideas that the movie kind of discusses are 
are really dark, like really, mm. really dark. And like I said at the time, if someone was to try and remake that now, and and kind of flesh out and give it a bit more, a bit more kind of not 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 necessarily backstory, but just handle the narrative better, that yeah. would be an incredible movie. That really, yeah. really would be. So yes, yeah, so I got that recently on Blu-ray. Eighty-eight films. Uh, it was part of their slasher series. So yes. so I, I, yeah. I, I picked that one up. So yeah, th- that one's definitely up there. Um, it's not a good movie. Um, it's it's a pretty bad movie actually, but it was the last movie we discussed on this show. Um, Zombie Creeping Flesh is one of the most entertaining movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it is shit. Also, I'll, I'll buy that on Blu-ray. But yeah, if it came, if someone announced it was coming out in Blu-ray tomorrow for twenty pound, I would pay twenty pound to own it. Um, it's just it's just fucking horrendously amazing. Um, in terms of movies that were the most disappointing. I would say, I, I mean, you, you've already covered, like, quite. Snuff is definitely up there as one of the most overhyped movies in the existence of man. Yeah. Um, that movie is awful, and the tagged on five minute ending, which is where the movie gets its name from and where they try to market it against what the movie actually was, that pretty much sums up everything. Um,. Which other ones disappointed? Bear in mind that was literally one of the poster boy. You know, Snuff is the one that, <coughs> yeah. like Graham Bright, they genuinely thought someone had been murdered. On yeah, camp. in that movie, yeah, they, they they went on and said someone has died in this movie, which is just fucking insane. The, the level maybe off of, camera, maybe someone had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, they they died through through trying to digest what you've just said, Graham Bright. Yeah. Um, like that is as that potent bullshit that you've it just choked spoken. on your ludicrousness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's up there Axe was one that I had heard like a couple of things about it was what we did on our very first show um, and Axe is not a very good movie it's just a, a boring as fuck movie yeah. where, where it, it, and it had potential I think that was the, the issue it, it had a lot of potential um, and one more that I'll say pleasant, pleasantly surprised me I would say is absurd, which was also on that very first show. Oh yeah, that was a fucking good movie, man. It's, it's a good stalking slash, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a great parody of Halloween. It's a great Italian rip off of Halloween. So yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, Karen goes on for a second question to say, "I'm literally watching the Nasties documentary right now. If you both seen it, uh, did you find Aussie Goth Doctor Chick weirdly alluring?" And how much did you want to punch Emily Booth in the smug face when she was talking about the films that she'd obviously never watched? Um, I will take the lead on this. Uh, yes, Karen, I don't know if you had noticed this, but all the clips that we played of the people that I say quote-unquote are intellectuals are all taken directly from the documentary. Yeah, just two and three. Yeah, which uh, we, we were big fans. In fact, it, it's probably the single greatest influence on us doing this show. Yeah. Is that is that a documentary? So yeah. Um yeah, any any Aussie goth is gonna is gonna is gonna get my attention and I think we've mentioned many times on the show there's very little thing there's very few things on the internet or on T V or in existence that myself and Andy wouldn't fat one out to. Um so I yeah. speak for yourself. <laughs> I have standards, sir. Yeah, I have standards. I, I, I didn't, I didn't finish watching. I spit in your grave. So there you go. <laughs> um, in terms of Emily Booth, I, I know you're saying that maybe she didn't watch the films. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, 
I don't know how much she did watch. She does have a, a face that would... I So she has a face that I would never tire of slapping with a wet fish. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so I, I suppose a part of me thinks... A part of me is still surprised about... Uh, it's not at the same time, but... I'm surprised at the ratio of women on that documentary. I kind of expected more. Um, so even though she comes on with not necessarily the greatest opinions in the world, um, at least she's representing some women out there. So that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Andy. Yeah, Aussie goth chick's awesome. Um, I like the way she always puts a different perspective on the movies. So kind of looks at it from a real arty point of view, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't mind going for a beer with her. I think she'd be a pretty good laugh. Emily Booth. Now, porn jokes and that aside, I'm going to go on a bit of a <laughs> feminist rant, right? Emily Booth, along with organised religion as it happens, is one of the reasons that females are never going to be equal in our society. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, people like Booth, hoochifying herself, wearing yeah. skin-tight hot pants, yeah. pouting at the camera, yeah. trying to appeal to men's basic instincts while constantly reminding us that us dumb males, yeah. that women are nothing more than sexual commodities to be objectified. I've put that DVD on now. 30 times probably because every time obviously every episode we have to do I have to do the audio clips yeah um, so probably about 30 times this year I've had to stick that DVD on every fucking time I do I can't skip the menu and I have to sit watching her stupid fucking face degrading herself on film because she thinks that's the only way that she can get men to like her yeah you're a woman Emily Booth who's quite attractive and into horror men are going to like you anyway you don't yeah. need to dress like a stripper <laughs> and put weird sex faces at the camera yeah okay, where were you when I was growing up yeah why were you not in my school yeah that's just embarrassing though isn't it like yeah. do you know what I mean I know a lot of horror fans are men yes but it's like, oh, I'll tell you what we'll do, just to make it, that DVD even better, we'll just have a woman in hot pants like bending over at the camera. It's like, fucking hell, it gives men a bad name. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's like, it's just doing fucking nothing either for women, either, that kind of thing. So I think Emily Booth's just a bit of a twat. I don't know if she has seen the films or not. I'm sure she is a horror fan and all that. Um, I think she's just a bit fucking embarrassing appearing on that DVD doing that. Um, <laughs> hope that answers your question. <laughs> Uh, the conversation continued on from there, talking about her, uh, etc. Andy Clark got involved, um, and Andy was talking about how uh, how busy he was following Barbara Crampton around at uh, Fright Fest this year. And oh, I would say pretty. that Barbara, oh Barbara Crampton, oh, oh, she's a woman that even 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 kind of dressed frumpy and um, movies like You're Next or We Are Still Here that came out like kind of not frumpy but kind of older than she actually is yeah um, she would still get it uh, so <laughs> uh, our buddy Grant Henderson uh, makes an observation and then asks a question he says back in the day we had to go to record fairs and buy 20 gen VHS copies from the back of horror mags. How do you filth junkies feel about half of these movies coming out on three disc Blu-ray sets? Think I was... <laughs> I think I liked the old way better. Same goes for my porn. Old and crappy. 70s with tracking lines. Fuck <laughs> this HD shit. Now this, this amuses me in the end because I think Grant Henderson owns more Blu-rays than anyone owns collectively in this page. Right. Uh, he's a big collector. I mean, he's like a serious collector of Blu-rays. And he also has a projector. He has a movie room in his house which has a projector with full HD and all the rest. So... You're confusing me here. You're sending me mixed messages, Grant. But yeah, I know what you mean. Some of these movies, like, 
Arrow have put out a few. Arrow just spent a mini fortune upscaling uh, Island of Death yeah. from the from the DVD version they had to the Blu-ray, which I now own. God damn you, Arrow. Um, and that is a movie that doesn't deserve that. <laughs> it really, really doesn't deserve that. And no amount of, you know, remastering and HD cleanup and that, it, it is going to really make that movie a better movie. Fundamentally, it's not a good movie. Um, so what do I think about three-disc Blu-ray sets? I think if they're handled the right way with plenty of additional content, which covers... How the movie was made, it's re- the, you're the reaction of critics at the time, their involvement in the nasties or what the outcomes were, or that sort of thing. Then that, from a collector's point of view, is something I would like to own. Mm. Um, and at, at this stage, if they were going to put out a nasties movie, I, I would much rather they go to Blu-ray. I don't want to buy DVDs anymore. Um, it's a format which is, you know is slowly being phased out, not quick enough, yeah. that if they were going to do it on Blu-ray sets, then I'll, pr- I'll probably buy them. And if they were going to make it a three-disc collector set, um, you know, companies like Arrow, and I know we promote Arrow heavily on this show, will put out a collector's edition of something, and when that sells out, or after a certain amount of months, they'll put out just a regular version, a regular Blu-ray version, minus a lot of the additional discs that yeah. you can buy for a cheaper version. So as long as that sort of thing's happening, I'd probably do that. I'm all for... for um, upscaling format and making let's put it this way if some of these movies don't get the Blu-ray treatment they, in the next 5-10 years they'll disappear so um, for all time and some of the ones already on this list I'm fairly sure have disappeared um, and that's why they've not made an appearance so uh, what about yourself Andy? Um, yeah I mean I used to borrow some of the 20th gen copies of movies from people at school um, and I used to make my own as well like I'd rent a, I'd had two, two video players so I'd you know, rent a thing from the video shop and I'd make my own copies and like, as fun as it was um, I do now love the fact that all these movies are there just at your fingertips sort of whenever you want them I do really miss the whole like sort of browsing through your local video shop yeah um, but I think as an adult with like two jobs and an obsession with fitness, I don't just don't think I'd have time to do that. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, despite how exciting those times were, like, let's not forget how disappointing it was to spend your hard-earned money on a film, um, usually based on the artwork alone, just for it to turn out to be shit. Um, so I think I can kind of like the fact that you can find out a bit more about the films now. Um, but to be honest, I honestly do like nothing more than to watch an old classic like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or even like a shitty B-movie like, I don't know, The Incredible Melting Man or The Stuff or something and see it cleaned up, like yeah. nice and clear on my 55-inch TV. Like, I'm not talking like DNR to fuck like The Predator is, um, but I think done well, an old movie can still look authentic and sort of of its time, in quotes, on Blu-ray. Something like Jaws or Godfather or Jewel, for example, they still look like they were made in the 70s. Mm. Like, it is cool as fuck to have you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on VHS, but for me, watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even in HD, it still looks gritty and grimy. I just think Blu-ray gives us a chance to kind of see it how the director intended, and that's all right by me. There we go, there we go. Right, next question. Cameron Sullivan asks, which controversial video nasty did you find the most harmless or contrary to the otherwise popular infamous opinion of it? We've kind of covered this, but is there any more? We kind of mentioned that Snuff is probably the one. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the infamous ones, they they were infamous for a reason. Um, yeah. Like you said, there are the odd ones where you, once you finally get around to watching it, you just think, what the fuck? You know? Like you say, we have covered it in the dis- you know the, on, in those disappointing movies. 
stuff like snuff that was literally front page news that they've murdered someone live on camera and I can understand that from something like the Cannibal Holocaust because it's so convincing. You might be think, shit, you know, was she really impaled there? Or yeah. did that guy really get his cock cut off? But snuff the effects is shit. The act is <laughs> terrible. Like who's falling for that? So that I think snuff is always gonna be that one. And I think it the name is to blame, you know, if Snuff was called something else it would have got nowhere near the publicity, but the Snuff film is still one of those almost things of legend, isn't it, you know, that these Snuff films exist, and I think we've talked about it before, you can you can watch a Snuff film, there's plenty of sites if you want to watch someone murdered on camera, there's literally no shortage of stuff like that. Whether you call that a Snuff film or not, I don't know, because it's not like something on um, uh, True Detective, you know, where they're literally filming a, a sacrificial, you know, sort of, you know, a sacrificial murder that's, that's planned. And But, yeah, you know, if you want to see someone murdered, you can, you're about two clicks away from that on the internet. Mm. Um, so, yeah, snuff for me, just for the name alone, is just one of them ones where when you finally watch it, you just think, ugh, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing what these people were thinking. Um, I can't really think of anything else that was so hyped and, and sort of fail because the stuff that we do know about like the, you know Cannibal Holocaust and Spit on Your Grave you know they do kind of live up to their reputation oh god yeah yeah definitely I think um, I'll go for it come from it at a slightly different angle he says contrary to the otherwise popular infamous opinion of it Driller Killer Driller Killer to me and I'd seen it before it gets a reputation which I don't necessarily think the film deserves because that movie is really fucking well made and is a, a incredible art house movie about psychosis and depression um and it's, yeah, it's handled like and, taxi driver slips through the net you know yeah and, it's it, it so, to me is is a movie which is almost cheapened by this idea of it being a nasty because the front cover had someone's head being drilled into it it almost kind of cheapens it from my point of view because yeah. you know it's 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 a really fucking good movie. It's you know as it is a really really good movie, um, and it gets lumped in with a lot of movies which are very schlocky, um, and I don't necessarily think it is. So I, I would probably that's a slightly different angle on it. Uh, yeah. Gary Hill, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, Andy Clark. <clears throat> oh, is it Andy Clark next? What does what does Andy say? Do you have it there? Yeah, he's on my list. Um, which film did you have high hopes for and were most let down by? Um, which film did you think you would dislike but ended up enjoying? And which film did you knew, know nothing about but that totally blew you away? Ah, right. Um, <clears throat> I think I have more questions on my list, by the way. I think there's some that missed out on the translation. So uh, okay. <laughs> so when you thought you were near the end, you're not. Uh, so let's do, <laughs> let's, let's do his one first. Right, um, which film... Uh, did you have high hopes for that you were most let down by um, I don't think the funny thing about it and we've said this before I think all the all the ones that I had uh, a particular idea of the, the true extent of their reputation are movies that I I've had already seen so yeah. uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters Tenebrae you, you know, these sort of movies, Inferno, even though that Andy didn't like it, these are movies that I'm familiar with just because <clears throat> I'm a big fan of that particular genre of horror, like the Italian stuff, especially the 70s and 80s. I'm a huge fan of that. So I don't think there was any movies that I had like, like a really 
kind of a ridiculously hyped up or high hope for and then watching it let down. I think we've said it before, Snuff to me was one I was really looking forward to watching to be in a position where I was just like, this movie has taken me years to watch it and I've finally, you know, to, to get to that level. Uh, Faces of Death is another one. Um, I think that one has a reputation which is that was the one that everyone watched at my school as a rite of passage um, yeah. and, and kind of watching it back and getting through it and then realising how shit it actually is and how much I'd built up in my mind from being a kid um, to watching it again I was really looking forward to being grossed out by that movie and it didn't connect at all so yeah right. uh, which film did you think you'd dislike but end up enjoying Um Nightmares on a Damaged Brain, once again, I read the synopsis for it. I'd never seen it, read the synopsis, thought it sounded stupid. Um, really dug that movie. Uh, Prisoner of the Cannibal God was one that I, I, I quite enjoyed, even though I wasn't expecting it to be... You know, it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting because we'd watched a few cannibal movies that were fairly shit. Um, so that one, d- definitely... And Bloodfeast. Bloodfeast to me was one that I knew by reputation alone as something which was just a gore movie. And it is just a gore movie. It did kick off that kind of the gore fiend genre of, of people that wanted to see that sort of movie. But that movie made me... It was more entertaining than any, any movie on the list by far it's the funniest fucking thing ever and which film you knew nothing about that blew you away we've also mentioned that Dead and Buried is an incredible fucking movie Um, it's the one that coming off this list having known nothing about I would say is the the one out of all the ones in the list that I'm kind of wanting the Blu-ray of like more than any of them I thought it was uh, it was pretty cool what about yourself? Um, Films I have high hopes for I didn't really have high hopes for a lot purely because anything that I'd really heard of, most of them I'd watched, apart from, like, I think, Snuff, really. Um, so most of the ones that I thought, oh, God, they're the sort of heavy hitters. I may, think maybe Cannibal Ferox, I expect, I thought would be a lot worse than it is. Um, even though there is some quite brutal stuff in there, yeah. it's nowhere near on par with, with, with Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, you know, talking about films that you knew nothing about blew you away, nothing really blew me away, but I'd say Cannibal Holocaust probably was, still is, and always will be the fucking daddy of, of you know, video nasty films. It's the yeah. fucking king. Um, but by, by a head and shoulders. I don't think there's anything... I think there are things that are disturbing on the list for, for particular scenes. I don't think there's a movie on the list which is just consistently as disturbing throughout as yeah. Holocaust. Holocaust is... It's a different... I, I've said, I think I said at the time, it's almost in its own genre, standing alone. Um, there'll never be another movie like that and I'm alright with that <laughs> yeah that's it um, I'll tell you what the reason Andy Clark is after Cameron on this one is because I kind of lumped these two questions together because they were pretty similar mm-hmm. um, so you've not missed one mate it's just that I've reordered that ah, right, right, that's cool. just because I thought we'd be covering the same sort of ground again yes um, so yeah because they are very similar questions um, I mean The Beast in Heat was pretty nasty I wasn't expecting that oh god just, just yeah. sexual torture and the weirdness ripping pubes off and eating them yeah fucking shit I mean anything with the sexual torture in um, kind of blows you away in as much as you just weren't expecting it 
I um, I didn't think I'd be seeing stuff like that. I knew like the women in prison films would have a kind of similar vibe, but literally seeing like close-ups of women's vaginas being tortured, I, I, that actually took me. I was a bit shocked by that because that's almost kind of going a little bit further than even Cannibal Holocaust. And some, yeah. Oh, some definitely, deep, definitely. Uh, production values and the acting and stuff, shit. Um. Uh. Yeah. What else? And I thought I dislike would end up enjoying. Um, again, I don't know because I didn't have any kind of high hopes. And all we've got to go on really is the name of the movies, which is quite interesting because that's a lot of the reasons a lot of these were put on my list, <laughs> on the name. So you are kind of going in blind. And there's so many of these films that just lead you up the garden path with a name and it just doesn't turn out like that. I mean, you know, SX Experiment Cam, oh, God, that's going to be like horrendous Nazi torture. No, it's a bit shit. Um, you know, The Witch That Came From The Sea, turns out to be something completely different so if there's one thing I've learned is certainly don't judge a book by its cover you know don't judge a film by its name especially when it's on the nasties list because mm-hmm. um, yeah you just don't you just do not know what you're going to get yeah definitely definitely right so Gary Hill asks <coughs> did you ever have to hide a film from your folks that wasn't porn uh, <laughs> um, no um, in my household, like I've met, I've talked about this many times on my other show. Um, I I kind of filmed horror quite young, uh, through a combination of very poor babysitting and the fact that I I quite a morbid little kid. Um, so as soon as I had seen by age eight things like Nightmare on Elm Street, Maniac Cop. Friday the 13th um, by the time I'd seen those sort of movies there wasn't really anything off limits as such um, unless it had quite a high sex content so I remember when Basic Instinct came out and I couldn't see that movie my mum would not allow me to watch Basic Instinct my brother yeah. was a couple of years older than me he got to watch it and he like ridiculed me because I couldn't see this movie and it was it was amazing and all the rest and it's not a good movie it's really not a good movie it's and great more in it thanks to Paul Verhoeven agreed agreed that's about it though that is about it um, so I never had it, it was always porn that was hidden in my house I had like I had about three or four um, kind of third or fourth generation sort of uh, porn videos which I used to hide in my cupboard in my bedroom which had like a, a wooden lip at the top behind the door where you could actually fit a cassette tape in there I used to hide them in there and I had, I had a few and they were awful European ones which were like a combination collection of loads of different short porn stories uh-huh. um, with terrible dialogue like but they were like like, were, you're, like you're interested in the dialogue yeah but like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, but like when the like, cause it's dubbed, and I, I knew like the dubbing was like, there's yeah, when when a woman is like clearly saying shit in German, like Scheiße, Scheiße, and the, they've yeah. changed it to not shit, in English they're saying like <laughs> shag me, shag me, um, you know, I'm like that. Very confusing. Yeah, I was like, well, what the fuck is this? Um, but yeah, I had one particular videotape that was awful, but it was amazing uh, at the same time. And it was a series of shorts, but it covered like pretty much every taboo. So there'd be one with like golden showers, one with scat, um, pregnant, like pregnant sex. But then you would have like uh, like just standard sex, blowjobs, um, two guys, one girl, three guys, one girl, two women, one guy. You know, just like fucking loads of short snippets. And... Uh, 
That was a, that was a great videotape, and that one actually vanished. So either one of my friends stole it, which yeah. I wouldn't put them past. My little brother found it, which I'm kind of hoping he didn't. Um, or my mum found it, and she's never mentioned anything about it. Is that it. the little brother you've got that's in prison? Is that <laughs> <laughs> the one that pissed on someone, shot on them? Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's that that's that one. There you go. Uh, that's that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Andy? Did you ever have to hide films from your folks that wasn't porn? No, same, just porn. I mean, I was allowed to basically watch most of by the time I was old enough to get hold of it. So by the time I was sort of 12, 13, there wasn't a lot that I wasn't allowed to watch, maybe just stuff with sexual violence in. But I think my dad took me to the video shop one day and he let me get Child's Play 2 and Kickboxer out. Best day ever. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. When I was about 12, my mum was livid and she went, oh, fucking brilliant. That's the floodgates have opened then now, aren't they? We're going to have to, you know, you can watch all sorts. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, there was nothing I wasn't allowed to watch, really. Um, I mean, I'd go to my mate's house and do a sleepover. Um, his granddad would take us to the video shop and he'd let us pretty much get anything from the horror section. Um, so I watched a lot of stuff around his house. I did have a mate, I think I've mentioned this before, he was only allowed to watch 15 certificate movies. Adam, and you, he's the one that used to, like, take the 18... Well, sorry, yeah, the, yeah the, like you cover the eighteen with fifteen labels, which is genius. It's fucking genius because, like in in England, it is literally like the, the the two ratings that were higher than PG at the time were literally just fifteen and eighteen, and the the like, the little label, the little icon, was exactly the same size. Like the fifteen, the eighteen were identical, other than the fact that one said fifteen, one said eighteen. So we would just carefully cut out the fifteen stick it over the 18 label when his mum would go what's that you've got oh don't worry mum it's only a 15 alright then (laughs) guy's a legend yeah that's it so now I was pretty much allowed to to watch most I think it was a pretty liberal house my dad was really into films and stuff so apart from like you know really bad rapes and shit I was pretty much allowed to watch anything action and horror wise by the time I was about 13, 14 yeah ah good times Andy good times Awesome, that time of discovery, just when everything was amazing. Yeah, there was a good like three or four years in, in the kind of 80s, kind of late 80s, where just everything Arnie made was gold, Steven Seagal, uh, Jean-Claude oh, Van Damme, it was just like movies, Like I think sometimes people are, don't understand, like people say there's so many movies now they're spoiled for choice, back then... Like you were almost guaranteed to pick up any action movie that had one of your big stars in the movie would be fucking amazing. Um, yeah, so, nowadays like, not so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not there. I mean, it's weird because they were cookie cutter then almost. Like there was there were so many similarities, but they were just so much better then. Like like Liam Neeson is literally churning films out like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Some of them are good. I mean, we started watching one last night, and it's okay, but it's so they're all so similar, and it's weird because even though Schwarzenegger films, a lot of them are very similar. They were fucking great. I remember my dad take Commando off the telly, and I must have watched it about fifty times before I then bought the video and realised that the one I had from the telly was cut by about three or four minutes. <laughs> oh, you can imagine, like all the like the knife fight between him and what's his name Bennett disappeared the shed scene didn't exist so you can uh-huh. imagine like my delight when I got the video version and it had about three or four minutes you of saw a guy before. get his head sliced off by a yeah. flying blade yeah it's... literally couldn't believe it um <laughs> yeah it's they, they were they were golden times mate watching those films as a kid agreed I still watch them now as well yeah they still hold up I'd like it's the it's not nostalgia I think if you're wanting cheap cheap um, nonsensical action movies you you are spoiled 
Amazing. I had the Commando soundtrack on the other day while I was doing a workout. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, right, Jeff X Martin says, so who ends up being Queen of the Nasties? Is it Camille Keaton or Mimsy Farmer? Now, my my instinct will go who with... Who sucks Mimsy Farmer? Well, here's what I'm going to say. Camille Keaton wins by default because she was in a movie which was on the Nasties list. Mimsy Farmer wasn't, though. And I think... Jeff may be slightly confused. I think Jeff thinks that um, what's the Diodato movie? Uh, body count. I think he thinks body count was a nasty, and it wasn't. So Mimsy Farmer, albeit is absolutely fucking hot as fuck in Four Flies and Grey Velvet, the Argento movie. She is. Mimsy Farmer is. Who is Mimsy Farmer? I'll Google Mimsy Farmer. Hang on. Uh, she's she she was an Italian. I just think she was Italian, or was she American? Maybe she was American. She's in. I I, I know her from Four Flies and Grey Velvet, and I know her from Body Count, and that is really on. Is she? She's in. She's in that Fulci movie as well. The one I just bought. What do you call it? The I'm looking around for the Black Cat. She's in the Black Cat as well. Um, so I don't actually think she was in a nasty movie. So if it who, if he's asking who's Queen of the Nasties by default, it's Camille Keaton. Because um, yeah. she she definitely was she was in the I spit your grave so um, so yeah there we go although I don't take nothing away from Mimsy Farmer in her days she was a get it so <laughs> yeah well it's got to be Keaton for me I mean she is pretty awesome in I spit in your grave I think obviously I said earlier she makes that film if it wasn't for the acting of the victim that film would have nowhere near the impact that it's got um, yeah yeah so she's pretty awesome yeah Camille Keaton she's done a lot else. Um, uh, she? Well, she's about to be in the new one. Oh, is she? Yeah, the, the, the right. new I Spit in Your Grave, which is the sequel to the original movie. Oh, right. um, I'm not sure about that. I'll watch so, it, obviously, but I think it's... Uh, yeah, well, how's that yeah. going to work, then? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully she's not going to be raped again. I don't know if I'd be... I'm sure they'll find a way. <laughs> Life finds a way, as... Uh, yeah. as, as um, Jeff Goldblum says uh, right so the next one Anthony Smith asks for uh, which film from the era uh, should have been on the list that maybe got under the radar Andy I think you're kicking us off with this one so which film from the era that we've covered should have been on the list but wasn't on the list I think stuff that I'm surprised wasn't on the list uh, but probably just the fact that they're big studios uh, maybe for some of them at least uh, Maniac Exorcist mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, New York Ripper is another one. There, there was, there's an interesting thing on the second video, Nasty's talk about a woman that said apparently when she went to watch the New York Ripper, people were leaving like in some signs being sick and crying. Uh, the, the, the New York Ripper is a nasty, 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 nasty fucking movie. Film. It's probably um, it's probably the meanest movie Fulci ever did. Yeah, like by quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's such a I don't know what was going on with him. At the time we made that movie, but it is it, it, it makes the beyond look optimistic. <laughs> is yeah. that bleak? I mean, this is um, one of the women that was. Uh, I think she was one of the BBFC sort of you know the people that vetted the movies and watched the movies. But she said it wasn't necessarily the content; it was just the fact that there was a. It was the fact that there was a market for that kind of stuff, you know, for that kind of torture and rape. That's what really disturbed me, the fact that there's people that are going to be sort of lapping this up, which is a fair point. 
you know, when you watch a film that's that depraved and you think, oh, there's going to be people that are going to enjoy for what it is, but then there is going to be people that are going to be sort of knocking one out to it. And that is disturbing, but fucking, you're going to get that, aren't you? There's always going to be... You get that with anything. Weirdos out there. Um, Caligula, probably, another one. Yeah. Um, just because of the content. The Guinea Pig series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Charlie Sheen famously reported that as a snuff film. Because <laughs> he was that convinced it was real. Um, all the other Faces of Death film, I don't know why just the first one made the list. Yeah, that's, that's a weird one because like, the sequels, like if anything, kind of up the, 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 the ante each one. You know what I mean? They, they, they try and outdo the previous one by showing more graphic content. So surely yeah. if the first one's bannable, then I don't know why the rest weren't. A um, couple more. Salo or Salo. Yep. Um, obviously, there's some pretty obscene content in that. And then Visions of Ecstasy, which is talked about a lot in the Second Nasties documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, really sacrilegious um, stuff. Just, uh, you know, when Blasphemy was obviously a massive problem. This film was considered incredibly offensive, so I'm surprised that that one didn't make the list either. I think it was banned, um, so it's probably it made a different list. It just didn't make the list we're talking about. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, the ones that sort of sprung to mind immediately. I'm sure there's quite a lot of others, but I just quickly sort of uh, googled, you know, like you know, sort of uh, what's the word? Controversial films from that era, and sort of they're the ones I came back with. Have you got anything else to add to that? A couple that I want to to reiterate, I think, yeah, definitely New York Ripper needs to be on that list. Um, Don't understand why Maniac wasn't on that list, because Maniac is a scuzzy, scuzzy little movie. Um, That makes some of the slashers that were on that list look fucking tame. Exactly. So strange. Really, really weird. Um, Fucking front covers of a man with a scalp in his hand. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what more than one? It's called Maniac. Like, why wasn't this being flagged up? Alarm <laughs> yeah. should have been going berserk with this film, but uh... Uh, there are like, like obviously The Exorcist was banned, but it wasn't a nasty. Um, what do you call it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned, but it wasn't a nasty. Yeah. Um, they should to me why they just weren't lumped on the nasty list. To me, that just makes sense. If anything, you're strengthening the fact that people should not see that movie. So it kind of seems obvious to me. Uh, if we're lumping movies like that in, Ken Russell's The Devils yeah. um, definitely should have been on the fucking nasties list. It makes a lot of the the kind of sacrilegious stuff on the list look tame um, in comparison, although that movie's never actually been properly released in its entirety. Um, yeah, I think you've pretty much, to be, to be fair, I think you've pretty much covered... Everything I can I can actually think of um, in terms of you know in terms of movies which were you know of the of the era just naturally controversial that would provoke some sort of of kind of reaction those are the those are the big ones definitely um, right what we're going to we've done a lot of questions we've still got a lot to go we're going to take another quick break uh, when we come back we're going to continue finish off your listener questions and then. Do some stats about the show before we uh, finally hang up our microphones, uh, Mr. Blockley. Uh, We are going to get another libation for ourselves and we will be back right after this. There are many mysteries in this world. And whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained where the paranormal is normal 
and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. And welcome back. So we've both uh, we've both um, lubricated our throats up with uh, with juice. That is with juice. Come on, yeah. Dirty pile of monkeys, um, <laughs> and uh, we're ready to continue uh, looking at the questions here. So the next one is from Grant Henderson. He says, "If you could carry out one act of murder in the style of a video nasty killing, hey, what one would you copy?" Uh, this is a good one, actually. Um, I think <laughs> there's so many there's so many Same. Driller Killer's the one that springs to mind straight away that drill sequence is fucking amazing yeah. um, but I would say just because I know it creeps certain folk out um, Zombie Flesh Eaters The Eyeball oh yeah is pretty fucking it's one, of, it's one of those scenes that just makes you uncomfortable from start to finish Um it's a pretty cool death and it's slow and the person's terrified while you're doing it. So yeah, maybe, maybe that one. What about yourself, Andy? Um, well, first of all, I would exhume Mary Whitehouse's corpse. <laughs> Give her to Udo Kia, who would create yeah. Frankenstein from her. He'd I would resurrect Mary Whitehouse and then I'd disembowel her like the turtle in Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, Although I'd leave her head on while I did it so she suffered. And then while we're at it, I might as well impale her on a spike and stick her outside Graham Bright's house on his front lawn. <laughs> I like your commitment, sir. I like it. Uh, Chris Weston, who is a, a very new listener, who binged, I think, our entire nasty series of shows in like a week, which is fucking insane. Uh, he says, at any point, did either of you try watching one of the films... <laughs> with a dog to You've see. Got dogs. <laughs> I've got three <laughs> to see if it became more depraved or corrupt than it had been before. Yes, uh, there have been certain movies, certain of the bad movies that my my uh, small dogs have watched, and they are no more vicious than they were before. So yeah, well done, Graham Bright. Fucking knob jockey Idiot. man, honestly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, I don't think. I don't think that worked. Uh, Rob Doyle asks, I have, well, he says first, he does ask a question, but he says first, I have no questions. Just want to thank you both for the great podcast. I've enjoyed this series immensely and pity that it has to end, but a list is a list. Good luck for your future projects. And then a couple of seconds later, it was, actually, I do have a question. Um, instead of, he changed his mind. Uh, as is God-given right, Andy. Uh, he said, is there a scene from one of the films on the list you wish you could erase from your memory. For me, it would be said turtle scene that Andy mentioned earlier on from Cannibal, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. I thought it was a pretty hardened horror film watcher, but that scene seriously disturbed me. Uh, I have only ever seen it once many years ago, and thinking about it still has an effect on me. Uh, yeah, that's one of the ones for me, definitely. Um... I, I gen. We've spoken about this before. I own animals. Um, I, I, I. Movies lose a lot of respect for me when when animals die in it. Um, fakely, <laughs> Lo- mm. movies lose a lot of respect from me. Pretty much all respect for me when it's done needlessly. Um, Cannibal Holocaust. Even though the animals that were killed were given to the tribe as food, so nothing was wasted. 
And I know that's something they've said. The the way that the animals are killed still kind of upsets me. The turtle one is one of the worst. Uh, one of the worst scenes I, I, I can think of, of certainly. Um, I would say right beside it, like right beside it though, is the the humiliation scene in um, Last House on the Left. They make the woman pee herself um, and then just degrade her horribly before raping her and killing her. Uh, that scene, that scene sticks with me. It's one of the ones where the look on her face and the look on their face is something that's kind of burned into my brain. That movie is... Uh, still stands up. Still stands up fucking 40 years on. That movie is just as effective, I think. So, um, Andy, yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, the turtle scene, as horrific as it is, doesn't bother me all that much, um, just because the first thing that goes is the turtle's head, so it's not suffering. I know it's horrendous when you can still see its heart beating and stuff. Um, but it's the Cotamundi death that I find much harder yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah, through the neck, isn't it? They and it's just it the fact that it's quite prolonged and it takes him a good couple of seconds to like push through the thing's neck and it's just squealing. It's fucking horrendous. And if you've got the uncut version of Cannibal Holocaust, you'd see that in full. Um, watching a cow with its throat slit as well whilst it's still alive is pretty horrendous um, from Faces of Death. Yeah. Um, I've basically like been turning vegetarian I've pretty much turned vegetarian since we started this show not really just because of the show um, just based on videos that I've seen of slaughterhouse practices and stuff I, I've stopped eating chicken a long time ago I don't eat any kind of pig products anymore mm. um, I'll eat beef if it's sort of organic um, so you, at least you kind of know that it's probably more than likely been killed humane, humanely and it's you know it's kind of been looked after well before it's died um so anything now sort of for me with animal violence is yeah it's pretty brutal well, i've not sort of gone full vegan because i really fucking find it difficult to to get protein in without eating dairy products but as a someone who's i'd say more or less complete vegetarian now mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's the animal shit that i don't really like to watch and every now and again like if i really fancy a bacon sandwich or something all you have to do is go on YouTube and watch a video of uh, what happens in the pig slaughterhouses and it soon puts you right fucking off. So it's stuff like that that I kind of... Not that I, I do still subject myself to every now and again, but it's one of them things where once you've watched it, I just wish I hadn't. So, yeah, if I could erase anything from my memory, it's just watching animals fucking suffer because it is just nasty. Um, humans, not so much, just because I know it's fake. Um, but I do agree with Duncan. Some of them humiliation scenes are pretty brutal as well. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, oh, our, our buddy Joe, uh, Joe Parker, has two questions for us. Um, I'm going to do his second question first because you, this one is aimed directly at you. He says, which part of England is Blockley from? I swear there are times when it seems like you're co-hosting with no fielding. Uh, I'm waiting for the big daddy to break into the Hitcher song. Andy, would you like to tell Joe where in the... The grand old country of England you are located. Yeah, Leicester. 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 <laughs> Everyone talks like a mong in Leicester. I try, I try not to. Uh, it's the East Midlands. I'm pretty much as the flow cry, uh, the crow flies exactly a hundred miles from the centre of Leicester, north of London. So if I drive south for hundred miles, I'm pretty much bang in the centre of London. So for people in America, and that gives you a rough idea of where I am, pretty much in the centre. 
um, of the UK. Uh, I don't know if that is a diss or a compliment that I sound like Noel Fielding. I really like Noel Fielding. Isn't he? I'm the same. I think he's very, very funny. Is he from? Where's he from? Do you know? I think he's London, isn't he? Yeah. So he's not that far away from you. So the not flies. really. Um, but it's, it's a weird thing, isn't it, regionalism in uh, the UK? Because you can literally like only travel 20 miles up the road and the accent is massively different. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of two of the big ones. Uh, I live um, in, in Grangemouth, which is a, a town in Falkirk. Falkirk uh, sits approximately 25 miles either direction between Glasgow and Edinburgh and the Glaswegian accent is is very unique to itself and the Edinburgh accent is as well and their customs the way they do things um, couldn't be any more different if they tried and yeah either side of me is is just you know the accents themselves are very different so the the UK is weird for that I mean you have to travel states in America to get different sort of things like that yeah. you only have to travel like half an hour in a car <laughs> I, mean, I used to live uh, you, do you know of Corby in yeah Hans? I do yeah yeah yeah. Corby is literally full of people that are broader Scottish than you are <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing you've ever heard because I lived there for about six months when I was seeing this girl and it is so fucking bizarre apparently just loads of people from Scotland moved to Corby but they never really shook the accent so yeah. like you well, you go into Corby which is sort of bordered by Northamptonshire and Leicester which is a very similar accent probably similar to mine if you went to school in a nice place um, but then you sort of drive through Corby which is a really fucking small town and there are children that are five years old and there are old people pensioners that are 85 and they sound more broadly Scottish than Duncan does. It's so fucking strange. I get, I get, I get the accusation flying at me quite a lot from, from people that live you know, near me, people that I work with, or friends that I grew up with that I apparently sound posh. Right. Um, so that would not surprise me that there are there like anyone that's heard me podcast with my my co-host over on podcast under the stairs. The Baz has a Scottish accent, um, yeah. I, and his is broad Scottish. You know, that his, sounds his, like Billy Connolly. It does. It does sound like Billy Connolly. Um, I, I I definitely don't sound anything like that at all. So it's um, so strange. I mean, you literally you are hundreds of miles away from Scotland, and all of a sudden there's a tiny town that's only about twenty miles across. And they're all so Scottish. And they're all Scottish. <laughs> and it's weird because the girl that I was living with at the time, her her kid went to school there, uh-huh. and she'd come home and she'd say stuff in a Scottish way, like instead of who, she'd go who. Yeah. Oh, and God. we'd go, it's not who, it's who. Yeah. It's not you, hey, you, it's you. Like, literally, she would, like, all the kids she was at school with were broad Scottish. It was it's so fucking bizarre. But, yeah, like, in the UK, you've got, like, Birmingham, which is a really strange accent. And you've got, like, Geordie, like, I don't know if anyone from New America would know Jimmy Nail. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, like, uh, like, Manchester's a massively different accent. And you've got, like, people that are Cockney. And then people. Yeah, Liverpool, Scouse. Liverpool is yeah. a weird like they're so different and they're so unique and you only have to drive a hundred miles and you've heard about six different accents. Yeah, it's so bizarre. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm from Leicester, which is almost bang in the middle of uh, the UK. There we go. So first question he, he he asked in there, which wasn't related to Andy, was uh, which movies have come out since the Nasties list? It went the way of the dodo. Would you say are list worthy? 
this is quite interesting. This was going to be like a discussion topic on here, but um, let, let's just let's just fire it. Now, what what modern films, Andy, have come out since the the nasties list that you would say are list worthy? Um, one that immediately sprung to mind was Serbian film. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that came out today? Well, that came out in the eighties. Sorry, like the the, the uproar of yeah. baby rape, someone being fucked to death in the eye, someone raping their own kid. I mean, fucking hell, that's like that would be the poster child of today. Um, irreversible. Yeah, that's just a for literally for the worst rape scene. I probably think I'll probably ever. Recorded history. Yeah, I think that one. That one tops. Um, tops anything. So. Human Centipede, all of them, all three. Yeah, the second one was banned, actually. The second one was banned in the UK till they made, like, five minutes of cuts. Yeah, because so. I think when I saw... I mean, there is... I think the version I saw when I finally got to see it was the cut version. Mm-hmm. I think all I missed, apparently, was someone getting arse raped with barbed wire or something, so... Yeah, pretty uh, pretty <laughs> gross. I mean, the third one's got someone slashing someone's stomach open and then shagging the wound in the yeah. third film so yeah I mean all three of those movies um, The Treatment is one of the latest films that I've seen I think that only came out last year um, I spoke about this with Duncan before the subject matter of The Treatment is kind of literally the stuff of your worst nightmare mm-hmm. I've still I've still it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I went to yes. watch it last night and I got distracted uh, by Homeland um, oh. The new season of Homeland has got honestly. I'm one episode from the end, and oh, the new season we're of Homeland. Not watching it because oh, it no, no, we've literally watched like four episodes, but we're thinking we don't want to watch much more because the finale will be while we're away. Ah, right. So we'll have to watch. We'll watch like the penultimate episode, and then we won't have the finale to stick on straight after. So we're holding back, mm-hmm. and then we're going to carry on. And watching. my nerves are shot to fuck. It's good, is it? Yeah. Yeah, my nerves are shot to fuck watching this this season of it. Um, it's one of the best things I've seen on TV this year. Uh, so yeah, so I got distracted by that. <laughs> so by the time I went to sit down and watch the treatment, I had a lot of things to do for this show. So that kind of destroyed the chances of that. Um, so I haven't seen that one yet. No. But I will. It's, it's on. Like you've spoken so highly of it now that I will check it out. So I, yes, I they're, they're kind of the ones I um, thought of. I know the Bunny Game um, was one that was banned due to extreme levels of sexual violence, mm-hmm. um, eroticized apparently, which is obviously what the BBFC really fucking don't like. Is when you sort of eroticize rape. Um, hate crime is the most recent one I think in sort of UK history. That's um, been banned. Yeah, banned outright. Will not be shown in this banned, country. Um, focuses on terrorization, mutilation, physical abuse. Um, murders of the members of a Jewish family by neo-Nazi thugs. So yeah, all good shit. Um, there's there's a couple of weird um, porn ones that have appeared on on this on the list. One called Lost in the Hood, uh-huh. which is basically a gay rape porn film. Oh, right, that that lovely subgenre. <laughs> yeah, it's just about two sort of gangbangers that just kidnap people, humiliate them, and rape them. But it, it, it got released as a sort of I mean, it's a porn film, but it's got a proper release. Uh-huh. That's been that got banned um, outright. Uh, so that you know that kind of thing would be on the list. Um, Traces of Death was the latest Faces of Death movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some weird porn ones that when I googled list of banned films in the UK. Um, the, the Texas Vibrator Massacre. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Um, 
Yeah, what do you think? You anything else? Um, I was thinking actually while you were talking. Funnily enough, I think a lot of the ones that probably would have been banned are, interestingly enough, of a subgenre that we we spoke about earlier on is one that people should check out. Continuing on, I think a lot of the new wave of French extreme films would have been banned. I think Martyrs would have been banned, Inside would have been banned, Frontiers would have been banned, um, Ills would have been banned, um, straight away, like, just the the content of them. Could you imagine someone back then seeing Inside? Oh, man. You know, I I don't think anyone could comprehend that that sort of thing. And all them films you've just talked about, and all the ones I've just mentioned, they're these are high-production value films, good acting, good special effects, well shot, you know, compared to the shit special effects, badly acted, bad dialogue films we've watched, these would fucking, these would be a whole new list. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think, to me, that's probably where I would aim, because I know that it it was primarily um, aimed at, you know, this, it was aimed at kind of European horror, was where most of them kind of went down that road, and that's certainly, from my point of view, that's where they would, you know, that one particular like half decade of movies would be enough to to to, to make the, the 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 list for sure yeah. um right so moving on richard glenn schmidt says so doing the nasty family fun board game or doing the nasty onesie with padded footies um <laughs> uh, I I would love to see a doing the nasty family fun board game. I don't have a clue how that would work, um, but part of me thinks that just sounds like the greatest idea ever. What about you? Family fun board game or padded onesie with a uh, with a uh, footies? Right, I don't get the whole onesie thing. It's basically an adult baby grow. Yeah, I I am I, I get criticised for not wearing enough clothes to cover my right. body, so I definitely wouldn't wear a, a baby grow. And you can't help but look a cunt in one. <laughs> they are the other, the other tri- the other, the uniform of the cunt, Andy. So therefore, I would like to play the doing the nasty board game. Although you probably want to be careful whoever hears you at the pub saying that you're going to have one more drink and then pop home for a bit of doing the nasty with the kids. <laughs> you're either going to get arrested or beaten up in the car park. Um, but yeah, that is an old scene. <laughs> right, next question. Jason Dennison says, "Are you happy?" that you'll be able to <laughs> heavily lessen your use of the word rape after this. Yes, is my answer to this question. Yes, by God, yes. I have not been able to discuss any of these movies at all at my work. And I, I usually, there's a guy that sits beside me, young guy, doesn't watch many movies or TV at all. And I, I'm forever telling him what I've watched and all the rest. He doesn't like horror movies. And I, I get the reaction when I explain kind of what happens in certain movies. You see the eyes start to widen and I'm like, yeah, th- this is cool. You know, uh, you know, to see the reaction of it, you know, I would never watch something like that. And I've not been able to do it with the majority of the nasty movies for that very reason. I, that is the quick way to lose friends at work, have people walk <laughs> away from you at the water cooler when you start talking about the five-minute rape scene and I spit in your grave and how well it was shot and, you know, all these sort of things. That's how you lose friends. Andy? It's a good way to finish, to end the conversation, that's for sure. I mean, to be fair, I read about far more horrendous shit than anything that we've seen in any of these video nasty yeah. films on pretty much a daily basis at work. Um, so there's no escape for me, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right. So th- this is a two-part question from our buddy Robert Wilson. 
Uh, the first thing he asks, and this is a good one, Andy, that I, I kind of want an answer to as well. Andy, how the fuck do you find Big Horror? Um, I can't find it on iTunes. Don't know. I hate Apple and everything they stand for. So <laughs> yeah, you won't have like I can I can help out here. Robert. Duncan, you you answer. Yeah, as as a consumer of Apple products, uh, as a sheep, um, and the Apple pen, um, <laughs> being rounded up by the sheepdog of Steve Jobs, uh, I can <laughs> say his ghost is ghost of the sheepdog. Shep, the the, the sheepdog. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, dogs again. Yep, dogs, dogs again. Always goes back to dogs. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we puppies. Um, Big Horror should have its own individual feed. I will speak to Bo Ransdell over at Legion Podcast to, to make sure that is set up. But the bigger question is, with the nasty show coming to a close, Andy, mm-hmm. what lies for the future of Big Horror? Um, well, thanks for your question, Rob. Uh, joking aside, yeah, I think... Basically, I do need the feed setting up. You can get everything that we've done so far on Legion um, in MP3 rate. Uh, um, and you can also find, if it's not all on Legion, it'll be on Big Horror and Little Podcast at WordPress.com. We do mean to return in the new year. Um, obviously, with the exclusive feed that Duncan talked about, that obviously will include us being on iTunes. Uh, we do mean to do this. I think we're just going to shorten it quite a bit. So we're probably going to do one review per show just to make it more manageable. Mm-hmm. Because for me, like I love doing the podcasting. I don't like doing the editing. <laughs> no one likes doing the editing. And I no know one you've, likes to like, do. you've done all the editing for this show. And you know, hats off to you because it is a big fucking job. So, yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, hopefully, we're back on in the new year. Um, and we'll let you know. Uh, we do mean to knock out some shows. Did you have a second question? His second question is aimed at me. He says, Duncan, did you see any movies, and he's putting brackets, that you didn't see before the podcast? that you think Baz must see. So for those that haven't listened to my show, um, uh, Podcast Under the Stairs runs a segment called Baz v Horror. I've got a friend who's about 10 years older than me. He's uh, early kind of 40s, 41, 42 or something. Um, And Baz grew up in a household where he wasn't allowed to watch horror movies because of the video nasties. Like Like his parents totally fell into this trap of believing the hype and all the rest around the movies. So he was uh, was brought up in a, a, a bubble, basically. And as part of my show, for the last two and a bit years, I have been subjecting them to horror movies, old and new. Um, <laughs> and we've, we've been getting his reaction on the show. And it's funny you should mention this. As part of his Basby Halloween series this year, I took a gamble on I Spit in Your Grave, which had next to no effect on him at all. <coughs> and I just don't think old movies have an effect on him. They don't scare him. He, he, yep. he really gets brought out of movies to do with production value. Um, the exact opposite of what Grant Henderson was saying above, Baz needs that production value and he needs that modern effects to, to for it to actually hit home with him. Is there anything on the list that I think... There's tons of movies that I think he needs to see from the list. Loads. Um, there's there's some great Fulci movies on that list. There's some great Argento movies on that list. There are some incredible standalone movies on that list. That yeah, I, I think he should totally see. I don't think for the process of Baz V horror, I'd get the reaction I wanted. But yeah, as from an educational point of view, there's yeah, it's, it's one of the single most important 
topics in horror in the UK. So yeah, there will be shows where we will cover uh, movies from the nasty list. Not on the same depth as this, but there will there will be maybe just a one-off nasty show where I pick maybe two, three movies from the list from completely different styles and, and genres and put that down for them. So yeah. So there we go. Uh, right, we're close to the end now. Uh, our buddy Andy Clark comes back with another question saying, how does it make you feel knowing that there are idiots out there that are willing to go on the journey with you? Do you have any advice for them now it's over? Now, I'm going to direct this at you, Andy, because we know Andy Clark is one of several listeners that has religiously downloaded the links and followed the movies that we have posted on the page since the very start. So he has now finished the 72 movie journey so what would you say to them uh, listeners out there that maybe come across this show now that are thinking I want to go through this odyssey of 72 movies and what what would you say to the ones that have done it fucking hell Andy put like you you idiots plural and I thought is it plural is it just one idiot is it just you Andy that's come along with this his, his face uh, the pictures of his face they're obviously they're brilliant there yeah. obviously is um, more than one but Andy's kind of been the most vocal on the you know the cycles of the contributor I think he's been literally watching them as we've been watching them yeah. along there um, so there are going to be people that discover the show um, I mean I'm going back and listening to the other podcast um, what's the chap's name Chris Brown isn't it yes um, that he's done and I'm working my way through that show and that's a great show I think you kind of almost do need to watch the films to you know to appreciate the review it's kind of hard to you know listen to a review of someone talking about a film that you haven't seen yeah. I always find if I'm listening to any other podcast I always check out the films so I kind of you need that point of reference um, I mean yeah do it if you need to do it it's uh, it has been a fucking journey. I, to be honest, I can't believe there has been sort of people coming along this journey with us. I think it's been brilliant. And I am pretty over the moon and sort of a bit blown away just by how many people listen to the show. Um, especially with all these questions and stuff we've had. It's pretty awesome um, that people have been coming on this journey with us. I mean, I honestly would take our advice maybe and, and go back and just... It's hard, isn't it? Because we've not put the thing in. We've, we don't tell you until the end to skip the movie, and I think a yeah. lot of people will watch the movies first. So it's almost like maybe we should have said that at the beginning of each thing. So people could listen to the episode, go, should I watch this one? Skip it. Because you've got to. You're not, you've got to listen to the review to know whether to skip it. So it's kind of too late by that point, isn't it? Because you've already watched it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of them bucket list things, isn't it? If you're a horror fan, you've got to fucking watch them. So at least, at least you know that you've got company. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you're listening to this show, watch the movies. Like I said before, I would really advocate watching the movies if you have some sort of creative outlet, whether it's to listen along to what we've said to them, to agree or disagree with it, um, or you're doing your own kind of reviews of it, your own podcast, um, you're writing a journal or you're writing a book like, um, like Chris Brown has done. He did his podcast and did the book out yeah. of doing the podcast so which is incredible so a book mm. I actually mean to pick up as well I'm a big fan of his show and yeah, I discovered it really late at the end and his show is completely different from ours because he gives you sto- the story behind the movies mm. which yeah. in most cases are better than some of the you know in fact most cases better than some of the movies on that list okay. um, so yeah so I, I would say that for those that have done the list what, what, what can I say to them now thank you very much for for taking the journey with us um, I feel sorry that you've had to watch some of the movies that we've had to watch Yeah. but um, yeah 
I, th- I think uh, well done for you. Without you guys kind of egging us on, I think the, the, the wind would have been out the sails of this ship a while ago. Um, the fact that you guys have all been participating on the page, checking them out, and, and huge numbers. I mean, this show, every month, I think barring one, this year has made the, the Horophilia top ten list. Yeah. which is incredible because like I've said it many times Horophilia is a network that is crammed with amazing talent um, so yeah I'd, I'd definitely say that so thanks very much uh, two questions left Andy this one you might be able to mention your Graham Bright thing from earlier on <laughs> uh, so Karen Sangster says if you met Graham Bright now that you've seen all the films, what would you say to him? I will go first on this, and I'll let you have the floor, sir. I would probably laugh at him. I don't think I could be angry at him. I think, having watched the movies, heard his comments, I think the fact that anyone could be so ridiculously gullible um, and so powerful in their convictions of things that have been disproved time and time again, um, I I I can't, can't be angry at him. I can't be angry at him. I would laugh at him because I, I actually kind of feel sorry for him a wee bit. I think like this guy has some of the most infamous cinders that will haunt him to the days that, you know, any man that says that dogs watching horror movies may affect him and has that recorded for all time in history. No one rem- will remember Graham Bright as a politician that did anything other than get kind of involved with the video nasties uh, epidemic, which really has been proved since was a clusterfuck from start to finish. The legislation didn't even go through. Um, The guy is a buffoon of the highest order and history history will judge him harsher than I could ever have, so I'd probably laugh at him. Andy? The first thing I say after what I did to Mary Whitehouse is don't look out your fucking window, for God's sake. My eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the same with Duncan. I honestly can't help but respond to a twat like that with anything but compassion. Um, I think people like him are regressive um, and stunt the conscious evolution in society. I think you've always got to choose your battles in life, I think. And despite there being countless of the horrendous things happening in the world, this twat decided to dedicate literally years of his life to banning badly acted, crappy special effects movies instead of something more meaningful and worthwhile. And I think I'd ask him, was it worth it? After all that effort you put in, I do honestly pity him. Apart from the fact that he does look like um, he should play the main role if they ever do a live-action version of Wind in the Willows. (laughs) You really have got to bear in mind that the poor guy, he's been brainwashed by the very system that he's fighting to protect. Hasn't he? And with those kind of antiquated outlooks and opinions on life, he's never going to be truly happy. He's never going to be truly content. I think you've just got to sympathise with the guy because he's a fucking loser. Okay, I like that. <laughs> uh, right, final, final question comes from our buddy Court, who says, will you guys be working on another project together in the future? If so, would you consider covering the heavily censored or banned films that were demonised in later years when the VRA was in use with the tyranny of James Fairman? So Court has recently checked out both um, video nasty documentaries. Yeah. And the second one obviously goes on to discuss uh, the uh, part three of the list which we've mentioned on here before, which is a, a, a group of about 80-odd 
movies and yeah. beyond. Uh, and this guy, James Freeman, who ultimately became the the man in charge of the, the BBFC. And uh, kind of... Yeah, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's, a, he's, he's just a, another Graham Bright with even more power. Yeah, he? He, power corrupts that guy. If you ever have heard the old adage that absolute power corrupts absolutely, um, he's the poster child for that because uh, he seems fairly well respected until he gets a job and then towards the end uh, he's drunk with power. Um, even going as so far as to tell directors and filmmakers how they should film certain scenes, which... You know that's that's because he, he apparently was a really shit television director himself yeah. for like twenty years. Yeah, and the so bitterness kind of spills. Yeah, spills out of him. Um, right. So the, I will take the lead on this one, and Andy, I think you you will either back up or dismiss some of the things. Um, we have done the nasty list. We have went through all seventy two movies, and whilst it has been completely worthwhile, and I mentioned earlier on, I've enjoyed it. I don't necessarily feel the need to tackle the list that came after. Um, Whilst there are some movies on that list that I absolutely fucking adore. Um, Few and far between. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine myself doing doing something like that um, as as a follow-up podcast uh, to this. Uh, In terms of the... Will myself and Andy be working on other projects together in the future? Um, We don't have anything... Discussed. Um, I think. Yeah, we, yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing stuff. Well, you'll certainly be on my show, and I dare say I'll be on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Andy, Andy's always welcome on the podcast under the stairs. If anything, it gives me an opportunity to try and throw movies at him that he's never seen, and yeah. get his reaction, which we've done in the past, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, can I see us doing another show together? As in, like an exclusive show together somewhere down the line. Never say never. Um, I think we have spent a lot of time doing this show that I think we probably want to take some time off yeah. uh, before we ever discuss it. I think, I, I, like I say, first and foremost, Andy's my friend. Um, if, I, if I get the opportunity to do something with him moving forward in the future, it just means I get to hang out with my friend more, which is yeah. not a bad thing. What about yourself, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd absolutely be up for doing maybe a series of specials, just a couple of like one-off episodes, maybe two or three, um, just looking at some of the films, just because I think the subject matter is worth talking about. Um, there's some interesting stuff, especially about James Furman, um, that's on this second video, Nasty's documentary, um, about the legalisation of hardcore porn, the reform, like they, they changed the laws on blasphemy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually that long ago that it was illegal to have blasphemous inf- you know, stuff on the screen. Um, this sort of came off the back of James Furman. Um, there's a whole thing about how videos got completely pushed underground. There's a complete black market um, in a really big way for videos. People were dubbing them at home, selling them in the pub. People were going abroad and smuggling them back as if they were drugs. Um, there were some clever people that would unspool the movie and, re- and reattach the spool to a legal film to kind of get it through. So there's all that kind of shit that's worth talking about. So maybe we'll handpick a couple of you know a few movies um, and just talk about them but yeah there's I, I just can't face doing like the 80 odd films on the list because it's in even that's another year isn't it and yeah and while there's some great films on that list the quality of the films drastically diminished when we got to the non-prosecuted list so I think the quality of films is going to diminish even more and there's just other stuff I want to watch you know yeah. there's, there's so much decent stuff out there there's so many great shows to watch and 
it's just far too much hassle. But I will appear on Duncan's show at the drop of a hat any fucking day. Um, but as, with regards to committing to another 12 months of watching terrible films, <laughs> I can't I do it, Captain. <laughs> as as, a, as a, a famous viral clip um, from America would say, uh, ain't nobody got time for that. So, I ain't got time for that. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. That's the end of the questions. Andy, are you ready some for some cold, hard facts? Let's do this. Right. here. What have we done? What have we spent the last 11 months doing then? Right. Here, here are the stats as they stand, sir. Um, I, I'll go with you first. And the, the first run of shows, the prosecuted list, you handed out approximately... Three hard time grades. Yeah. You handed out six community service grades. Okay. You handed out 24 slaps on the wrists. Yep. And six case dismissed. Okay. I handed out three hard time grades. Yeah. Which were for me. Or? The exact same movies. Yeah. <laughs> I handed out one more on community service than you, seven community services. I handed out 24 slaps on the wrist and only five case dismiss. Oh. So we're pretty much even Stevens. Yeah. Right? What's even funnier is we both agree five movies should have been on the list. And we yeah. both agree that 34 movies should not have been on the list. Okay. So, from what we can find from this, we both agree in terms of the structure of our list uh, and what shouldn't have been on it. And I was the harsher reviewer by one um, community service over yours. um, And you case dismissed one more than I did. Okay. So, there we go. Let's, you want, are you ready for the second sheet? This is where, this is where things get funny. Um, Right. In terms of the, The non-prosecuted list, you handed out no hard times. No. You handed out five community services. Ah, okay. You handed out 18 slaps on the wrists. Yeah. And you handed out 10 case dismissed. Okay. I handed out no hard times. I handed out six community services, one more than you again. Yeah. I handed out 16 slaps on the wrists two less than you okay. and I handed out 11 case dismissed Ooh. right so so of, of this list I would appear to be the, once again the, the harsher person overall yeah. however when it comes to the yes and no's things get really interesting complicated yeah. right I handed out four yeses and 29 no's you handed out six yeses and 27 no's. So yeah. you would have had more from the non-prosecuted list on the list than I would have. Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> is, so which is really interesting because yeah. I, I genuinely, like when I was going back through them, I thought there'd been like one or two. I didn't mm. realise I'd handed out four and I didn't realise you'd handed out six. Right. Okay. So um, do you want to go further into it? One. Right, so... <clears throat> Here we go. Um, the the ones from the non-prosecuted list that you said were yeses, that I said were noes, yeah. were The Witch Who Came From The Sea. 
Okay. You put that in because of the the kind of the revenge aspect of yeah. the movie, which I I. I, I didn't quite agree with. And the other one was Cannibal Terror. Okay. Um, which makes sense, actually. In hindsight, I probably would have put Cannibal Terror on the list because there was a couple of things in that movie which did make it dodgy. Right. Um, out with that, we agreed straight down the line on our yeses. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the, the non-prosecuted, sorry, the prosecuted list... I don't think we sway at all. I think we agree 100% on absolutely everything to do yeah. with our yeses and nos. <clears throat> so yeah, so so that I thought that was quite interesting. Um yeah. let's let's go let's go one step further, my friend. Wow. Let's yeah. look at where I gave out a harsher grade than you did. Yeah. And this one still blows my mind to this day. Faces of death. No, bloodbath. Bloodbath I gave community service, you gave a slap on the wrist. Okay. Um, and this, this is one of my big bones of contention with you because it's a really bloody movie and you yeah. were like that meh <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like Andy can you not watch the movie um, Cannibal Ferox you gave community service I only gave it a slap on the wrist ah oh, okay so we cross over on that one and I think that's I think out with that we pretty much agreed right down the line um, and the non-prosecuted list, this is where it gets a bit more fun, um, and the non-prosecuted list, we pretty much are spot on week by week until we reach Nightmare Maker, okay. which I case dismissed and you gave a slap on the wrist. Okay. Um, if we continue on down the list, um, I gave community service to which you came from the sea, you gave it a slap on the wrist. Okay. And that's where the difference is on that list. Oh. That list stem out. Um, out with that, I, c- I can I can do the total amount of grades. If you double our grades up, so each of us get a single vote. Yeah. Um, there are twelve votes for case dismissed on the prosecuted. So that's six apiece. Yeah. There was thirteen votes for community service. So mm-hmm. that's almost one apiece with one of us having more than the other. Yeah. Uh, there was 47 votes for slap on the wrist. So once again, that's half, one each, and one extra. Yeah. Uh, there was six for um, hard time. Uh, in total, the point-wise, there was 10 points attributed to yes films and 68 points attributed to no films on the non-prosecuted list. See, I went in depth with this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> it was only up till half two in the morning. Yeah, that's why there was nineteen points on the non-prosecuted list attributed to case dismissed. There yeah. was nine points attributed to um, community services. There was thirty-six points attributed to slaps on the wrist. There was no points attributed to um, to hard time. There was eight points attributed to yes and fifty-two attributed to know right so overall from the 72 movies on the list i would see nine of those movies merited being on the list yeah overall many. for you you would say that 11 movies should have been on the list okay and that out of 72 fucking hell which is fucking incredible yeah um yeah so even though we don't agree with the list, mind you. Just, even though we don't agree with the list, if we were in the mindset of a witch hunt, yeah, trying to source out films, 
neither one of I think the most the highest number is about a seventh of the total list. Yeah, one of us agree with, and I'm slightly behind that. So, so there's there's the stats, my friend. After twenty five shows, yeah. after many many hours of podcasting, after seventy two movie reviews for doing the nasty. Um, we are going to take our final break and when we come back after this we're closing out the show right after this The Nanoazer is filmed in front of a live studio audience Hey Wazell, I think we should record a new ad for Bananoazer Great idea Dave, we should say that Bananoazer Horror Podcast is hosted by us and Alex What? I heard my name I think we should talk about the retrospectives They've been a pretty big hit, fucking Friday the 13th Saw, Halloween retrospective yeah, man, I've heard people listen to that Halloween retrospective every October like it's tradition. Yeah, you don't say. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. I do, too. You listen to your own podcast? Yeah, uh, our shit is that damn good. Yeah, man, we should also say in the ad we hope to introduce horror fans to something new, whether it's a movie they haven't heard of or look at other films in a new way. Yeah, we could talk about our walking through the 80s specials we did when we covered the 80s movies. We could talk about rolling through the 70s. We could talk about you doing mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, we can. Are you writing this down? Writing? What are you two talking about? Yeah, and the ad should say all the technical stuff, too. Like, you can find our show and its full archive on horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Um, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's... Oh, hold on. We could talk about uh, Banana Bites, because no one else does it. It's uh, the in-between episodes. Yeah, all about horror news releases, and, of course, with our witty opinions and observations. Ugh. Yeah, shit. Perfect, man. I think that should do it. This new ad for Banana Wazer is going to be awesome. Oh, that's what you guys are talking about. Can I be on it? No. no. <laughs> Banana Laser wins every time. And welcome back. So this is the last part of the last show of doing the nasty. Andy, the, the journey is over, my friend. All right. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. I've almost got a bit of a, of a final thought on the whole thing. A bit like Jerry Springer. Oh, see if you tell everyone to look after themselves and each other out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss myself. And each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's basically the conclusion I've kind of come to is that censorship doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like the war on drugs that's also useless. The war on piracy that's obviously a losing battle. Um, you can unfortunately access horrendous and unspeakable videos and images thanks to the internet. Um, they've tried to ban alcohol in the past that failed I don't know when our leaders will kind of learn that despite how oppressed people are there's always going to be people that are going to rebel and disobey Um, not to mention the wonderful irony surrounding these whole thing of the nasties where putting these movies on the list was literally the best possible publicity (coughs) these mostly shites films could ever fucking dream of gave people a shopping list of movies they had to see Exactly. I mean, for me, like horror movies have enriched my life. So has podcasting. Talking about horror films has enriched my life. It's not done anything negative as far as I can see. I mean, I think the horror community is probably one of the kindest, most accepting, generous bunch of people you can meet. So to the morons that think these movies corrupt, no, they fucking don't at all. I think a violent mind is created by nurture, very rarely by nature. Um, of course there's going to be people that are going to have watched films, horror films, and listened to violent records that have then been inspired to do terrible things. But these people were mentally ill to begin with, I think. 
you know, video's been around only for the last hundred years. Vicious and violent motherfuckers have been around since the dawn of time. And I think in the 80s, politicians were basically searching for a reason for society's ills and horror movies made the perfect scapegoat. So just keep enjoying horror films and keep enjoying podcasting and just fuck these people in charge that just literally know nothing because that's what I've kind of learned and nothing's changed. You know, in the 80s it was movies and today it's wars and plenty of other shit that no, people just don't seem to know what they're talking about. It's just blaming stuff, isn't it? People are just constantly looking for a reason and horror movies is not it. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And uh, I think you're you're spot on. The more you try and regulate things, the more the people will rebel. And so it's when when will they fucking learn? That, you they'll know, never they'll never learn. The people at the top will always seek to control the people at the bottom. Um, and that's that's just the people. I said it before. It's the idea of power. It's that illusion that you can control things, and there are certain things that can be controlled. Like mm. you can control tax. You can control uh, migration. You can control, um, you know, the economy to an extent. Banks do that pretty well. Um, There are things that can be controlled. The free will of people can never be controlled. The, the, The will of people to seek out things, to enrich themselves, whether it is movies, novels, whether it's hallucinogenic drugs or alcohol or anything like that you when you put up barriers which impinge on the freedoms of people people will eventually fight back and mm. find a way to do it whether it's underground or it's done in such a, a, a loud voice that eventually the the people that are saying you can't have to take notice and accept it as as part of as i mean as as part of as part of democracy, as part of uh, of the way societies work, the people that are elected by the people should stand for the people, and when they don't stand for the people, they are unelected by the people. Um, I, think, yeah, I think the main problem is is that the majority of people do do what they're told, yeah. like obedient little citizens, and that's the problem. Is that whilst most people, you know, there are loads of people that if they're told they can't watch a film, they won't watch it. There's people if they're told they can't smoke a joint, they won't smoke one. They won't speed. You know, there's loads of stuff if people are told not to do it that they won't do it. And thank God for the minority of people that do want to fucking break the rules because that's the only way we're ever going to get, you know, that's the only way we're ever going to progress as a society is when there's people that are actually prepared to stand up and say, no, fuck that. You know. (laughs) It is a heavy thing, isn't it? Because it isn't just about movies. It's about society and oppression in general. And I think that's why... Like it fucking gets you like talking about this stuff, like, especially when you watch the doing the nasty thing. It's a bit like you know, like in the Rocky films, it's not really a boxing film. It's yeah. just it's like a drama that happens to have a backdrop of boxing, a bit like our Sons of Anarchy. You know, the motorcycle backdrop is just kind of the setting. I think with like for the whole video nasties thing, it just happened to be in the eighties that it was movies, but oppression and like just keeping people down in society, it's it's constantly happening and it's just that it has so happens that it was a good outlet just to blame videos because it was quite a new thing. Video had only just come to people's homes, hadn't it? Like 10 years before, if you wanted to watch a film, you had to go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. It was only when video started appearing in people's homes that this started to be a problem. And in 20 years' time, there'll be something else that people are fucking whinging about and they're trying to oppress and ban people doing. 
you know, it's only a matter of time before cannabis becomes legal, and then they'll have to shut the fuck up about that. And then they'll probably hopefully follow on with the rest of the world where they actually make heroin legal, so they let people to properly take it without, you know, people that are ill and have got addiction. They'll just let them take heroin. And then when that's sorted out, they'll just move on to something else and they'll ban something else. I mean, the next thing that's probably going to happen is they'll be putting little microchips in your car so you literally can't speed. I think that's what will come next. Trying to control people, what they do on the motorways. It's a very serious ending. I, it is. I, I, I kind of feel like we need to start talking about masturbation again. Okay, um, I'm well up for that. <laughs> Literally no well up for that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend people watch these documentaries because they're, they're so fucking interesting. I think you can pick them up now for probably like 25 quid for the pair. Yeah. Um, they've got trailers to every single movie. The little introductions that we played before... Uh, every movie review that we do there's a good sort of five minutes of someone who knows what they're talking about talking about the film and just the documentaries they're so fucking interesting because they're obviously they're told from today's perspective so they're told as retrospect looking back and it's fucking hilarious I mean you've heard some of the clips great and bright (laughs) cheat yourself up just listening to that knobhead because he's still doing it as well isn't he oh yeah he still still is he's still adamant that everything he said he stands by even even though it's been categorically, you know, had that been the case, you would never be able to watch those movies ever, and this country would have broke out into anarchy, um, mm. which it never did. So that you know that that's the the ultimate the ultimate thing that came out of that is everything that they said would happen didn't happen. And well, that's the brilliant thing about it, isn't it? They whinge about these films, everyone watches them, nothing happens. Yeah. You know, there's countries that have legalized cannabis. Oh, the countries are still going, absolute yeah. fine. There's countries, you know, where they've set up proper drug stands so people can actually go and take drugs without dying. Everything's fine in that country. Crimes come down, you know, crimes yeah. reduced in all these countries. Um, gay marriage, everyone thought the world was going to fucking end when they legalised that. Guess what? Fucking didn't. Nothing no. happened. Everything <laughs> carries on exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another one of them things. And that's what's so funny about it, isn't it, to look back. And it's such a massive, you know, literally kicked off in this country in a big fucking way and nothing happened, nothing comes of it and that's, it's, you've just got to almost like, you know, try not to get annoyed by it and you've just got to laugh at that because it is just fucking ludicrous and, and, and those documentaries kind of highlight that in a quite, a quite a fun way. Yeah, agreed, agreed 100%. Andy, I need to ask you, my friend, I need to ask you, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners before we say farewell for the final time? I'm done, man. I think I've had a good fucking whinge about everything pretty much on today. <laughs> <laughs> In Scotland, we say you're spent, big man. Spent. I am. I'm spent. <laughs> um, so, no, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure recording with you every couple of weeks, Duncan. It's been awesome. Uh, yeah, I will miss the uh, the chats about the movies. I won't miss the movies themselves. Um, <laughs> but we've been immortalised now, haven't we? We shows. have been, yeah. <laughs> the, the, they are. They will be on Horophilia forever until Horophilia no longer exists. This show will be there. Yeah. Um, so if you're checking out this show for the very first time, uh, go back and listen to where it starts. Go right back to the very start. Listen to us go through all 72 of the movies. Three movies at a time over 24 episodes. Um, I, I totally agree with the sentiment. I know me and you keep in good touch anyway. There are tons yeah. of things we're going to be talking about over Christmas. I have a, a certain This Is England um, 
box set which someone bought me for my birthday, which oh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna barter through over the Christmas. I'm, um, I'm scared that you'd, it's just gonna not look <laughs> to the height. Yeah. It, it can't possibly look to the height now. So all you've got to do is just enjoy it because it's just it, it's just a fucking great show. But like, uh, I just hope you like it, mate. Yep. Do you want me now? We mentioned this. This kind of feels fitting that we talk about this right before we go, Andy. Do you want me to give you a bit of news, which might brighten up your day? Go on. Right. So, what was one thing we spoke about, like passionately about a particular TV show, um, on this on this on this show during the year? We Han- we yeah Hannibal Hannibal. So some news dropped. Go on. Right. So <clears throat> as pertains to Hannibal season four, Brian Fuller was said. We are discussing what it looks like. We will try it again in a little over a year and a half. I know exactly what we would do with the story. We would make another run at Silence of the Lambs. No. I'm more than happy to wait. I'll wait three years. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in a year and a half's time, when hopefully loads of people have been checking out that show on digital formats and all the rest they're going to try and bring it back when schedules have calmed and when they do bring it back it's Silence of the Lambs for season 4 so see that's kind of cool because they weren't going to do that until about season 6 but he's probably realised if he does get another shot season 4 might be the last shot he gets so yeah. fair play to him you might as well crack on with Silence of the Lambs I would love to have seen them go in a different direction and obviously go off off track yes yeah. So far, they've pretty much been sticking to the books, haven't they? But I mean, that's that would have been the one I was waiting for. I would have been happy if they did a film of it. But if they're going to show me about twelve episodes of Silence of the Lambs type shit, then fucking amazing, and I don't mind waiting for that. Agreed, sir. Agreed. So, for the final time on this show, um, from doing the nasty podcast from myself, Duncan McLeish, from the podcast Under the Stairs, and my co-host. With the most, Mr. Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. Andy, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? Thank you so much, listeners. It's been uh, it's been fucking great. Bye. Bye, everyone. They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.